November 14th, 2022. This is a special edition of Rook. Well, hi there. Welcome to episode 215 of Rook. World Cup fever is almost on. Don't let the media forget about Iran. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Hello to you from Toronto. Salam, Dustan Aziz. Durur Bashama. World Cup fever is almost on. Don't let the media forget about Iran. Do you remember some years ago when the Green Movement was at the zenith of global attention and then Michael Jackson died and occupied the headlines for days? Well, wherever you stand on Team Meli and boycotts and Qatar, let's do our best to not shift attention away from the criminal and murderous regime in Iran. It's not a profound point, but it's important to see. Nothing is exactly the way it used to be. There's a new normal for those of us of Iranian background, and it's about supporting a revolution that stands to finally, feasibly change the face of the country of our ancestry and the global reality in the process. So you'll forgive us if there's a little trepidation about our erstwhile favorite tournament situation. If you're a real international football fan like me, you live in a competitive bliss every four years when the World Cup takes place. There's simply very little the same as the universal appeal of the beautiful gay. And now Canada and England and many of our favorite players, can I really say I'm not intending to watch? Will I really not want to revel in the excitement of it all? But then, this year we're confused and almost aching for cancellation. You see, somewhere between the human rights violations of Qatar and photos of Team Meli with Raisi, there is reason for some deflation. And there's still so much we don't know. Will any protests make a dent? Will the players dissent? Will other countries join the cause? Will the murders in Iran give any footballers cause? Well, we do know three things. One, Qatar and its not-so-furtive bromance with the Iranian regime has meant regulations dictating that there will be no sanctioned discussion or reporting of the revolution and the bloody crackdowns happening in Iran. Two, FIFA, in all its trademark unethical reverie, has declared that it will not allow any politics to pervade the games, as if we're supposed to forget that it was only earlier this year that they suspended the Russian Soccer Federation. And three, the so-called Iranian national team, Team Mali, and its players have so far done very little to show support for the people of their country dying in the streets in a fight for basic human rights and freedom. And yes, of course, surely those players feel a lot of pressure sent their way, but was it really an obligation to bow to Raisi today? If the team does nothing and it's all business as usual, you may forgive Iranians for taking a pass on wanting to cheer. There is no room for celebrations of pro-regime goal scorers this year. But no matter all of that, the rest of the world will be focusing on the game and that is where the song remains the same. World Cup fever is almost on. Don't let the media forget about Iran. So here's the challenge. We have to do whatever we can to keep the dire situation of Iran in the headlines. And here's hoping this World Cup does become a hotbed of information and proclamation about the bloody Islamic Republic theocracy. But if that doesn't happen, exciting soccer games or not, Maybe it's up to us to continue to make sure the message of revolution gets through. Because, dear friends and footballers, supporting the people of Iran is the least we can do. 
coming up on this special edition of Rook. The great actor and TV and radio personality Ehsan Karami is live in the Rook studio, along with activists Dr. Iman Tahiri and Javid Jabbari, plus a Rook roundtable and more. This is Rook episode 215, The Uprising. World Cup fever? Don't let the media forget about Iran. Here we go. Salam Dustan, once again. Coming up, a very big show. We're here in the Rook studio. And actually, all of the guests, all of our guests on this uh, edition of Rook are going to be in the Rook studio, including, in just a little bit, actor and TV and radio star. If you're an Iranian inside Iran or outside Iran, uh, you know his name, Ehsan Karami will be joining us uh, in in the studio here. You know, I think he's one of the, he was one of the first really high profile um, folks in the entertainment business and the communications and media um, coming out of Iran to really take a position uh, in, in favor of the revolution or against the regime early on, right after Massa Amini was killed. He'll be here in the Rook studio, as well as Dr. Iman Tahiri, who returns to the Rook studio, and he's been very, very active. If you follow him or if you're anywhere online, you'll see his uh, videos that he's been posting in a prolific way about um, um, the revolution and um, uh, helping to sort of move information and amplify. Dr. Iman Tahiri will be here in the Rook studio. Then a little later, LGBTQ activist Javid Jabari will join us. But first, let's get the... uh, Rook Roundtable going and my on-air regulars. Hello, Pega, you're here. I am, hello. Hello, Shia. Hi, Ezra. I know you're happy to have Esson Karami coming in. Yes, yes, I'm his friend and he's amazing, yeah. He is amazing. And uh, joining us on the Rook Roundtable uh, for this episode, Mahsa Mortazavi, who is a reporter, a host, a documentary filmmaker. She's been a journalist for a few years. After moving to Canada, she's been focusing on Iran issues as the Canadian correspondent with Iran International TV. She's been very actively broadcasting on the revolution and the Iranian community here in the diaspora in the last couple of months and she's here in the Rook studio for the round table as well. Hello to you. Hi everybody. It's a pleasure to be here today. Nice to have you here. How Thank was you. how has the last two months been for you as a reporter in Canada watching the Iranian community get galvanized here and um, uh, almost universally it seems supporting the revolution in Iran? Well, it's been emotional and it's been busy. Um, First of all, I should say that I have so much respect for the people in Iran who are standing up for their rights of freedom, rights of uh, freedom of speech, their basic human rights. If you listen to the song Baroye, it really indicates that we are lacking basic human rights in Iran and that we are um, standing for them for the past eight weeks, almost two months now. As for myself in Canada, well, for the past two months, I've been witnessing people gathering up and it's been it's been amazing to see so many Iranian people Mm. who used to say that we are not political before that and they they wouldn't participate in Mm. anything uh, rather than parties and uh, concerts and stuff and seeing them actually taking to the street to be the voice of Iranian people, which was very fruitful, if you might say. 
with the government of Canada, uh, we've seen for the past eight weeks that things have changed. Quite a shift. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember the first much. three or four weeks, it was like crickets, nothing was happening. And then the sheer people power in Canada, as you feel like it's forced the hand of Trudeau and others. Yeah. I don't know if you guys felt the same, but after mm-hmm. October 1st, when 50,000 people, 50, people came to the streets only in Toronto, in, in addition to 18 other cities yeah. in Canada, um, and nobody was there from the government of Canada. We were missing people from yeah. the government. And Ali Sassi was there. But it, yeah, but, Ali Sassi was but, there. But more, more, more importantly, the conservative leader actually mm-hmm. came and spoke, and, and, and they said, uh, um, Kavash Arouz, who was hosting, said, we invited uh, the prime minister, and we didn't get a response or something, and that right. looked really bad. For the, yeah. yeah, so we they were expecting more people from the government of Canada. They were expecting actions on that day because they knew that this was going to be something big. And it only took them two more days to come up with a list of people who were on the sanctions. So on the, on the 3rd of October, they came up with the first list of sanctioned mm. people. And it's been continuing and it's been going on and it ended up with 10,000 people on the list of sanctions on the for the government. Still not fully declaring the IRGC as a terrorist uh, no, group, No, that's, that's, that's a gray area because many say because people in Iran, they have to serve for SEPA yeah. men. They yeah. have to. Or used to have to. Or yeah, used yeah. to have to um, for two years and even for a few days Mm -hmm. um, being on SEPA would put you on the terrorist list and that would exclude you from um, the people who are eligible for visa. I never totally understand that though. Can't they carve that out somehow? They can. I mean, it seems a bit like an excuse. I'm referring to what Hamid Esmailun said uh, in one of his speeches. He said that we are happy because we didn't want to. We didn't want to put an impact on many people's lives mm. um, with uh, with the thing that they had to do for SEPA and now they are still allowed to come to Canada and it would take a long time mm. for the government of Canada to come up with a solution that actually would exclude those people from the terrorist list. I'm not an expert on it, honestly, but I know if a government wants to do something, they would be able to do it because mm. it's their own rules. I know it's going to be time consuming in some circumstances, but it's not impossible. Yeah, it, feel, it, feels, it still feels to me like a... Uh, there's, uh, I mean, I, I was actually surprised. I mean, maybe it's because he's in on the negotiations, but that Hamid Smiley and others were actually happy with that first set of concessions from the Canadian government because it really didn't seem like uh, it's rocket science here. You know, step up already, and and they they sort of say all the right things, and then yeah. But but I, but I agree that um, and we've talked about it here that mm-hmm. that we see the effect of people power. We see the effect of. Thousands. It has become clear to Canadian politicians, at least uh, we see in this country, that um, oh, I have something to gain by standing with the Iranian people because there's thousands of them in the streets, and they they want to do something. You're you're here for the roundtable, so I want to get to our topics. But before I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. I mean, you have such an interesting perspective uh, as somebody who's working with one of the Persian networks, uh, covering sort of what's going on. How has your gig? Um, how has your job changed in the last? I mean, you're sort of a Canadian correspondent, so in the past you would go and cover the Nowruz celebration or the local, you know, event or something like that. What what has the last two months been like in terms of how it's shifted what you do? Jian, to be honest, my life changed after flight PS752 was downed. That was. Um, 
something that changed me personally, and I am not the same person. So after flight PS752, Canada got very much involved in the politics of Iran, although we don't have any political relations with Iran since 2012 in Canada. But that was the event that turned Canada into a very important, um, I don't know the right word for it, maybe hub mm -hmm. for for the Iranian Canadians and for the Iranians inside of Iran as well. So um, again, we are happy people in Canada, mm. Iranians live live a good life here. We did have many celebrations that I would cover. Um, but for the past two months, I haven't covered anything but uh, the rallies mm -hmm. or um, the arts that are related to um, the movement in Iran, the revolution, if you might say, for a better word. Um, How did 752 change your life? Well, in the area that I live, um, in the school that is very close to my home, we lost a seven-year-old girl. Mm. Um, I have lost many friends on that flight. It could have been myself, yeah. my friend. Um, I think I, I've met many of these people, like 176 people on the plane, 138 were flying to Canada, yeah. 55 citizens. Yeah. So it's a big deal for Canada. Yeah. And having 29 children on that flight, it really b breaks my heart because I had to sit through all the stories they had to tell me. I, ha I was involved with all the families, many of the families here in Canada. I have cried with them many days. Mm. and it's become so personal to me that I can't separate it from news anymore. It mm. feels like family to me now. Yeah. So it's changed me personally, really. Like, it's affected me so much that whenever I see any picture of these people, their history, their life, their biography, everything comes to my yeah. mind. Yeah, And, you know, it's a, it's a huge community here, the Iranian-Canadian community, but not too big that we weren't all somehow i had friends on that flight like we we all mm -hmm. uh, there's you can't find somebody that didn't have some connection and that's why it does feel really personal and and it does it did change the canadian the iranian canadian community uh everything changed after flight 752 i feel yes. you're right i mean in terms of galvanizing the community, politicizing the community, uh, a serious new layer in the community, uh, and of course some voices emerging as perhaps de facto leaders of our community uh, as well. Um, let me bring Pega and Shai in here and, and let's get going with the Rook Roundtable. Again, we have um, Ehsan Karami coming up, uh, Dr. Iman Tahiri and Javid Jabari, but um, before that, uh, it, <laughs> we're less than, I guess we're, we're a week away. Six days. We're six six days away from the World Cup, wow. which, <laughs> as I've been saying, it would be um, would be something I'd just be so excited about mm -hmm. normally, and currently I'm I'm confused. I mean, I'm literally confused as a desperate football fan who looks forward to this every four years, who is excited to have Canada and England in the World Cup as well. I'm desperately confused about how I'm how I'm supposed to mm -hmm. even feel about this and how I'm going to feel watching the Iranian team play against England, watching even worrying about the dis distraction of this World Cup uh, somehow disrupting or moving uh, Iran off the headlines as if we could afford that. It's barely been in the headlines as it is to a certain extent. So... Um, 
Pega, what's your what's your current? I know you're a football fan as well. I am soccer fan. What is your current sense of what's happening with the World Cup? I mean, confusion. I think more than anything else. And like you said, there's so many different thoughts kind of swirling in my head. Um, usually around this time, I'd be excited. I'd be looking at taking days off just to watch the Iran games. You know, that that would be my usual every couple of years when we had this opportunity. And now the things I'm thinking about are, you know, these campaigns that are being called for either boycotting the World Cup or, you know, there was another one I saw that was titled Kneel for Iran. Um, you know, thinking about campaigns like that, thinking about um, what would it mean if we did any of these things, if we followed the campaigns? Um, and also, you know, the the fact that once the World Cup starts in about six days, you're right, it will take attention off of what's happening in Iran because it will be such a big thing that's taking place and millions upon millions of people are going to be excited because they're not Iranian or because they don't know about Iran or because mm. they haven't clued in yet or yeah. all these other things. So I think confusion more than anything. When I saw the um, the campaign to boycott the World Cup, mm-hmm. you, you know, one, one feels in the moment you sort of go, yeah, you know, screw the regime, and then you mm-hmm. kind of like, well, what? How? What's the how well, what, what's the impact? Yeah. What are you? What, what are even the mechanics of this? That's I mean, right. it's not like it's in downtown Toronto. So, does that mean I I should turn away from the TV when the game is on, or what? How exactly am I boycotting it? Uh, what? I, I, you know, I I'm not trying to lampoon the idea. I think it's a legitimate one, but mm-hmm. it's uh, but it it, it it it's clear to me that um, the rest of the world is going to go on with the World oh, Cup sure. in a big, excited way, regardless of what the Iranian community d- d- does. So that's the part where I go, if we take ourselves out of this, mm-hmm. um, do, are we going to make a statement that's actually going to be heard as opposed to somehow being there and doing something? Some of that, of course, though, rests with Team Meli. Shai, you're nodding about this, uh, the boycott yeah, thing. What's the, your th- no, I mean, honestly, this whole confusion that you just said and I felt for like couple weeks I don't know it, it, uh, right now I think this confusion made me to lose my appetite about World Cup yeah. like you know I just want to give up on the whole World Cup ceremony because I am a soccer fan and I, and I used I mean every four years I mean all the soccer fans we are it's like the best time of the year yeah. and so but right now, I think I'm just tired of even thinking about that because of this confusion. You know, it's a strange thing. I, I have to share this uh, um, this story. And when, I guess, eight years ago, I was covering the Olympics in Sochi in Russia. And we went there. I was probably there for a month or so, but went there about a week before the Olympics began. Mm-hmm. And because the Olympics were in Russia, and um, which even back then was, you know, not considered great when it comes <laughs> yeah. to human rights, et cetera, you know, um, there was a lot of dissent uh, and dissension about whether people should watch the Olympics, support the Olympics. A lot of Canadians were uncomfortable with, you know, the Olympics in general, and now it's in Russia, and um, this had turned into some kind of a vanity project for Putin, who had spent billions of dollars on this mm-hmm. Olympic village, and and there's Russian people starving, and there were so many reasons the dysfunction of the and the and the, the the divisions and the hierarchy within the Olympic village there, etc. There's so many reasons why people were saying, "We, I'm going to oppose this Olympics, boycott the Olympics. I don't care about it. I don't feel." It. Then it began. And 
you know, there was a, a Canadian that did well in one sport and there was an exciting race. Somebody set a world record in running. And basically everybody got mm-hmm. into the Olympics and started mm-hmm. getting all excited about it. And really a lot of that stuff, other than for some hardcore activists, faded away. And I, yeah. I have to wonder whether there's something like that that's going to happen here. Like it's really hard to predict exactly how this plays itself out. But once the World Cup starts, I mean, how do you how do you stop a nation of 80 million football fans, you oh, know, in Iran yeah. from enjoying football? You know, yeah. uh, is it the same as simply not going to the concert or mm-hmm. or you know boycotting a, a film or something like yeah. that? It's really really tough one. What's your perspective on this, Massa? I was actually talking to a friend of mine who covers the sport um, in Iran International TV. As you mentioned, I I am a journalist there. Um, So he was saying that we should do something to make sure that we are covering the World Cup and at the same time we are covering what's happening around it for Iran Mm. because I'm sure like after each match um, during each match everyone like the Iranians there they would show something to support or to disagree with what's happening in Iran it's not going to be just uh, a a usual a regular game that's like four years ago so given that uh, we should be very careful with uh, not I mean for myself, I'm, I've never been a soccer fan that much. Mm-hmm. I, I know that it, everybody gets very excited around it every four years, and I, yes, I, I see yes. why, because it's something um, national, and um, it's, a, it's a big achievement for uh, the, the fans. But honestly, I think um, this is also an opportunity for people to have their voices heard mm. because it's one of the biggest events happening. But is it? That's the question. Th- Let's get to Team Melly in a moment. But even putting Team Melly aside, we, we know how much of a lockdown that uh, Qatar is going to mm-hmm. be under. You know, yeah. uh, you know this. You were saying before we, yes, we started that, that even your network has not been allowed to go to, yeah. to cover so the World Cup. this is very recent. So something happened. Uh, we did... Uh, prepare for this for the past year because it's very big and we wanted to go all in for it Uh, we had a big team of 10 people in Iran International were going there for 33 days and covering the event very closely Um, but what happened is that during the past two months uh, the visas were issued and then some were rejected like because it's a live app you can check it every day Mm. Um, it's called Hayo card if I'm right and then so it was issued, it was green, everything looked good, and then it was rejected, and then the accreditation for um, working as a journalist there was approved, and then it was rejected, and some got approved by FIFA, some got rejected, so it was a big confusion. What we think is that because of the relation that Iran, the government of Iran has with Qatar, um, and because they wanted to avoid all political side effects mm-hmm. of what's been going on in Iran, they have rejected our journalists. Mm-hmm. So it's it's opposing the 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 word that they said uh, yeah. that everybody's welcome here and everybody's <laughs> ready here. Well, yeah, yeah. It seems that it's not rocket science. Yeah. At this point, I mean, it's like Qatar has. I mean, this is part of the reason some folks are saying boycott yeah. because it's it's not just about Iran. It's that this is a you know there's a lot of objections to have about Qatar and having the World Cup there that have been cited for years, but now has been the declaration to you know this is a sport. Nobody get political here please stay keep your opinions away which of course 
is absurd and and unrealistic. Um, and your suggestion is that the regime in Iran has close ties I with think, Qatar. Yeah, huh? I think like um, if we can do a flashback a, a few months back when when the team Meli was trying to come here to Canada to do a friendly match, and everybody like there were two very different groups of people one group was saying that this is not po- politics this is not related to politics and one group was saying that all the sports in iran are political yeah um back then i was not sure if it was political or not but today seeing that the team Meli went to see raisi before they departed yeah. and um all the the comments that we've been he- hearing um, yeah it is making it very political. And now the rejection from Qatar makes it really, really political right now because it's it's like obstructing the freedom of speech and nobody's allowed to be the voice of people who are going there to actually do more than just watching a match. Let's get to Team Ali with Raisi because that was kind of a... A difficult moment today. We're seeing those all those images come out, and that's been lighting social social media on fire. Before we do that, as somebody who says you're not a a football fan and the, the World Cup, to, let let me just say that it there's a reason why some of us love the World Cup so much, and it's it's so sad that it is getting tarnished by um, the location, the situation with Iran, and the general corruption of FIFA is never something that is particularly savory either. But at its best, the World Cup is such an amazing exploration of different cultures and nationalities. It is such an amazing coming together of the world. It is ultimately the one, the, the, the biggest event in the world in terms of the, the numbers of people watching it. And it does feel like in some ways in the past, without getting too dewy-eyed about it as a football fan, it is an opportunity for coming together of different cultures where people sort of, you know, high-five each other and understand. And, and you know, there's always some underdog team that we all go, Cameroon, that's our team this year. And, you know, and it, it's there's so much beauty in that. There's so much universality in that. It's a game that's pretty accessible. It's not a classist game anybody can kick a ball so some of the heroes that emerge are people who grew up in poverty from some country that people don't generally hear about and suddenly is at the forefront of the world there's so many reasons to love the world cup and that's why it gets so confusing and difficult in a time like this where you go is this enabling Mm -hmm. a regime is this is this a disrespect to to people who are being killed in iran um so yeah and yeah, while you are say, saying this i mean there is an unwritten rule that in iran af- if iran wins a game people would go out mm-hmm. on the streets and they would dance they, they drink alcohol and it, it's like it's not any islamic republic mm. yeah i i'm not sure let's say if we are not bo- boycotting the world cup and iran wins one match and people well team meli is not going to boycott the, the world cup For so sure. whether we boycott the world yeah. cup or not the game is still going to yeah. happen so yeah, yeah. let's say iran uh, beats some, england beats england hmm. uh, and people how would dare you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead yes people would go out on the street i think this time actually the government the regime Mm-hmm. beaten the people in the street after you know, it's, it's very Crackdowns, yeah. will, will the regime though because the regime I mean that's the that's the confusing part the regime is now on the side of team Melly winning and and people yes. celebrating it's opposing a, any kind of crowd if it's if yes. there is a crowd if there is a crowd there is a potential of right. unrest right mm-hmm. yeah 
But I, I had to mention a couple of things. Um, ju- just while you were speaking, I was um, thinking about the idea of um, sports in Iran being political or not being political and things like that. And I think that's one of the things I've heard from a lot of friends. You know, I've heard before I used to think, you know, it wasn't political and Team Manly stood for something else and that sort of thing. But I almost feel like anything and everything in Iran has always been political. I mean, because of the fact that there's always been these restrictions and these maneuvering of ways and, and things like that. So I, I almost think that, you know, although a lot of think people historically have thought that Team Meli was apolitical, mm. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. And, you know, going to the Team Meli meeting with Raisi today, mm. and I know that created a lot of Let's explain what happened just so for people who, for yeah. some reason, are not obsessing over their uh, Instagram accounts. So today, photos emerged of, go ahead. So there were photos today of um, Team Eli meeting with Raisi, and I believe not the entire team was there. So there were a couple of people missing. Um, and so um, they had a sit down. There was, it was a huge photo op. There's photographs of, you know, Team Eli standing with Raisi, bowing to him and, and conversations and just very happy-go-lucky event, despite everything that's actually happening in, in the country currently. Mm. Um, so that's what I'm referring to when I say that Team Mendy met with Raisi. Um, but going back to what I was saying, I think that, you know, it's hard for a team like Team Mendy to be apolitical because they have to maneuver under those restrictions of that government. So how could they be apolitical? Mm. And I think the hope is that, you know, in fact, they aren't and that they make a stance. I mean, so many of us, so many football fans are thinking, let's wait and see what happens. What does Team Melly mean? Doesn't it mean Team of the People? Something like that? It's National National Team. National Team. team. I mean, the question is, is it the team of the nation or is it the team of the Islamic Republic, right? But, But my big thing is it's the team of the nation who has to be observing the laws of the country. So how could it be apolitical? But the laws of the country also say wear a hijab and Tatarnali Dusti took it of off. And, you know, so I mean, there people are, it, it's a question of whether the team Melly is going to stand up and be counted or not. Yeah. Or, or whether the, 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 the players actually even, I mean, one thing that, I've been thinking about is it's really these these guys are young Mm -hmm. you know even if you remove the take this out of Iran sports teams especially big high pressure sports teams well paid you know what and and somewhere like the Premier League or even in a in a big hockey league like the NHL or something sports teams are comprised of a lot of young guys in this case if it's a male team you know young guys who and, and who really don't govern their own lives. I mean, you know, there are strict rules about being on the bus, you know, staying at the hotel, not not uh, contravening the curfew. And even, um, this is didn't start with Iran, this has been, you know, over the years, especially in a big tournament like the World Cup, there's, there's you know, no sex for two weeks before the, the tournament. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep the players in a hotel so they're not, they're not distracted by their families or, mm-hmm. you know, they don't go out. And so for there's any reason to believe that these guys are in some sort of bubble right now too that where they're where they're not exactly you know um messaging back and forth with activists on the front lines in mashed i agree maybe they don't don't know what's going on right now no no i don't think so it's it's not like that no if if you can if you can see um in the current like in the current matches that happened with uh, different teams of Iran, was it uh, the sit-down volleyball or um, the? But they're not. The they're beach. not this team. This team is but like no, no, unlike no, no. anything else. I'm saying it's not a bubble that um, excludes athletes. Mm-hmm. It is not like that. Yeah. They would hear things. 
they are aware of what's happening in Iran and they like yeah it's many not, yeah, of, you're right yeah, yeah because but, many but, but, of but, their but, friends like many of their friends are already activists like Ali Karimi Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can compare them to the water polo team, as much, with all due respect to the, right. the water polo team that didn't sing the national anthem. But they're not the kind in, of pressure in glass that houses that are separated from the rest of the society. They're they might be watching their sex life, but mm-hmm. they are not watching their phones. Uh, they can go online. How I'm, do you know I'm that? Sure, I'm sure they have access to. It's to been a month that, that they are in a camp. So and and uh, in a camp, you can control the news that comes in and. Like you think it's like I, I I'm not an expert on this, but I would like to think that it's not like a prison that you would mm-hmm. be excluded from the outside world. And furthermore, this isn't it's not like Iran's changed in the last eight weeks. We've had these issues in Iran for 40 some odd years. True. You know, they've yeah. been living in this country. They know about the this these things that now true but Iran has changed in the last eight weeks it has but I mean (laughs) in terms (laughs) of you know them not being open their eyes not being open to the issues of the country they've lived there they know the problems that the country has so even if let's say the last month they've been withheld some level of access to information I I have to agree it's just just a tough one in the sense that there's a tendency to be mad at these guys for not doing more and uh, and and then I kind of go well come on i mean they're the kind of pressure that they're you know we were we we have guests who still won't come on mm-hmm. our show in toronto because they go oh i'm a little afraid yeah. of you know speaking out and it's like dude you know that the, these guys are on a national team that you know uh, don't get me but, started but th- on that like i go to do reports on Bedar and i ask people for their opinion on how cold it is this year and they say please leave me out of it it's too political right like how can right so 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 think about the pressure on on team millie Mm -hmm. that said do you really did you really need to bow did you really need to like be like high-fiving with raisi i mean that's the part where i don't that that actually is grotesque right it's like that's not gonna you know i saw that and went whoa this ain't going to play well, and it hasn't yeah. so okay. far today. Right? To play devil's advocate, though, just for a moment, in terms of the bowing and things like that. I mean, look at what we've seen happen to people's families, right? We have, you know, um, like for So example, that's part of the mandate? Well, Not only do you have to come meet with Raisi, but if you don't bow, or something's going to happen. Well, that's what I'm saying, but that's the reality of our country, right? I mean, sometimes I think we have these expectations, and I know it's hard to get caught up in the, in the emotions and and kind of the excitement, for lack of a better word, of what's been happening with the revolution. But I think it's important not to lose sight of the fact that the brutality that this regime, we, we've seen them use. For sure, for is, sure. Is, I mean, we, we see three-year-olds arrested, right. for God's yeah, sakes, yeah, yeah. right? So could you imagine I want to actually bring this player? up with Esan Karami, because he, he, I know he, I think he knows some of the players and is in touch with them and stuff, and, and we can get more of a realistic sense of what they're what they're thinking or doing. But it it it. it it raises the stakes. Today's photos and mm-hmm. the photo op yeah. with uh, Raisi, obviously um, a deft move by the regime to uh, to claim ownership of Team Meli yes. and 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 uh, raises the stakes in terms of what people can feel and say. It really, the saddest part about this shy is what you were talking about in terms of the celebrations. I've always said that in the last forty three years, other than Noruz, the only yes. moment mm-hmm. that seemingly, as somebody outside of Iran who can't go there, the, the, the only moment I've been able to see Iranians looking happy, happy. inside That's Iran yeah. was when Team Meli scores a goal yeah. or wins a game, God forbid, yeah. you know. And that's now, um, understandably, confused. Yes. I mean, what the, you know, how, how is this to be 
to be done. I don't know if people have enough uh, motivation to even be happy at the moment. Many families, because like 14,000 people have been mm-hmm. arrested. No, I'll tell you how they would be happy. They would be happy. This is the point that Merit Poor made on the last show, the football analyst. He said, if the team demonstrates, if the team shows it's with the people, the people will get right. behind mm-hmm. the team, yeah. right? Then then it would be a global Iranian support this team. Right. Every goal they score is a team yes. for the mm-hmm. people, right? Yeah. That's the problem. There hasn't been an indication at all so far that they're you know, with the people. And that's the problem with the status quo. If nothing changes, uh, this tension is going to continue to exist. I just want to mention one more thing just on the topic of football. So I think FIFA is, they play a role here, obviously. And um, one thing that I found really interesting was at the beginning of the month, FIFA sent a letter to 32 teams um, reiterating that they respect all opinions and beliefs, but that they don't want to be handing out... But don't out have any. Well, yeah. no, they said, and, I, <laughs> yeah. and I quote this, they said, they don't want to be handing out moral lessons to the rest of the world. Right, right, and right. I found this laughable. No. So, you know, I just think it's important to, to think about the role that FIFA plays here as well. The other thing that... Um, I want to just uh, get through a couple of other items that have been um, kind of at the forefront of what's happening w- with the Iran situation in the last few days. Um, the the dire and deteriorating situation of um, journalist and blogger Hossein Ornaqi, mm-hmm. um, and this was this was getting a lot of attention in the last couple of days because a lot of a lot of folks, very prominent folks uh, in the global Iranian community. Uh, including his brother, who's mm-hmm. uh, you know, were fearing for his life. He's been on a hunger strike. Yep. Um, he was moved to a hospital last mm-hmm. night. Um, well, tell us what you can about this in terms of any updates. Um, I mean, pretty much what you said. I, I don't have a whole lot more other than that. Um, he was transferred to, I think it's Day General Hospital is the hospital that he was transferred to. Um, he's at severe risk of cardiac complications and so much more because as we talked about a couple shows back, he has a history of all sorts of uh, medical complications with kidney and, and so many other things. And I think the most important thing to keep in mind is that his life is still very much in danger. Mm. I mean, a lot of people were kind of relieved to hear that he's alive. And I mean, yes, that is a relief for sure. But the condition he's in is not far away from death. Uh, the, uh, the first time I heard uh, Hossein Ronari's name was uh, 2009, Green Movement. Mm. And the Green, Green Movement was a movement that I think it was for the first time that um, people actively on social media, mm-hmm. they uh, try to... Um, raise their voice yeah. and what Hossein did at that time he provided VPN and and so you know it it's very interesting like he m- m- made it easier for people to have uh, to access to VPN and uh, mm. so and they arrested at that time and uh, Hossein one is one of those person that you can see he doesn't follow any agenda you right. know right. he just uh, seeks the justice you know and so I think in each movement people looking for those people that it's amazing with folks like him too or like Tumaj is you know there's videos emerging of Hossein Renari saying uh, some of us are going to have to give our lives for this. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give my life if that's what it takes. If I have to, you know, I believe in doing what I what I'm doing and it, it's just heartbreaking and it's 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 so um, uh, heartbreaking now t- today a photo did emerge of um, his from the hospital. I guess yes. his mother by his bedside, and we see that he's alive and 
presumably not in horrible condition because he seems to be looking at her and talking to her. Uh, and yeah. that was taken as kind of a, a respite on the on the scary parts yes. of this. What's your perspective on this? So um, about Hussein Ronari, I would like to add a few things. Um, his theory is that the streets belong to people, and now people have took to the streets. So that's why maybe one of the, that that may be one of the reasons that Hussein Ronari is. Um, so much more on the news these days beside the fact that he's arrested and his life is in danger um, it's that his theory has become very popular among people and people are, are on the streets of mm. Iran and they're asking, living it yeah, yeah they're doing it so uh, it was him and one of his buddies I don't remember his name um, that were very um, blunt about this theory for a long mm. time and they're, they're, they have been writing about this for a long time and now it's becoming a reality so that's why maybe people are acknowledging him more because you were talking before the show um, not maybe not many people have had heard his name before he was arrested in the diaspora yeah in the diaspora, in the diaspora exactly certainly Iranians know who he is right, yeah, inside right. Iran exactly yeah. but, but now because of the social media and how big it's become I don't think that it, like all the Iranians have sure heard his name these days, if not all the other people who are uh, following yeah. the news, yeah. um, any kind of news outside of Iran. So that's one thing about him. And um, arresting people of such um, audacity, um, very strong people who are willing to give their lives, um, not only um, quiets people, it, on it only angers them. Yeah. It only angers them. It puts more wood into the fire of mm -hmm. their anger. And as we have seen by day hospital, as you mentioned, many people had gathered because they wanted to save yeah. him. They wanted yeah. to be there to prevent him from being moved from to other places. There was a photo of um, that people say it was Ali Dai. So many people, uh, famous people, celebrities, yeah. Other people like they have been supporting him and they are trying to save him. And as long as this continues, we can be hopeful that he won't he wouldn't be killed. Well, the Iran the, the regime in Iran does have a um, a, a great recent track record of introducing the world to fantastic people who if right. they didn't know before they now know because it's like not only did Shervin write an iconic uh, anthem but they arrested the fucking guy so that now you know so that everybody made sure that we, everybody knew him so we have the, the regime to thank for that but um, um, this the, there, there's when we talk about the um, the Canadian government taking more action based on people power it does seem like the global outcry from, uh, I would like to credit the Iranian di diaspora, but also allies of the diaspora and allies of Iranians in terms of famous people and, and activists, etc., seems to have moved the dial in different places. There's, um, you know, the, the, the leadership in Germany making more statements. There's different parts of the world where you're hearing more. We could talk for a couple of days about the American administration, but, 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 uh, Macron, the president of France, um, seems to have, who only uh, like a month ago was met with... Shaking hand yeah. with Raisi. With exactly. Raisi, yeah. yeah. Had the meeting with Raisi and, and now seems to have um, uh, had a come to Jesus moment to where he's now, uh, or come to, I don't know, who would he come to? Muhammad? <laughs> Maybe not, that's too... Forget that part. Uh, he seems to have now um, fully thrown himself behind the, the revolution and met with some high-profile Iranian women, yeah. including Masih Ali Najad, so right? He, he met with um, four prominent female 
campaigners, I guess you can call them, um, and um, or voices of the revolution. Um, and those individuals were Shima Babayi, Masih Ali Najad, Ladan Burumand, and Roya Piraye, if I'm saying her name right. correctly. Um, and Roya Piraye was um, the, the daughter of Minu Majidi, who was actually killed at the start right. of these crackdowns. So um, I think her presence was not only influential, but emotional as well. Um, and another thing that's actually quite important or um, should be noted is that not one Iranian dissident has had a meeting with the French president since 1979. Yeah. So this this was huge in terms it's of totally you know, huge. That yeah. Um, and I mean, we've seen the photos. We've we've seen some of the clips of it. It's it was a very, very interesting um, meeting of these individuals. And like you said, the president, the French president has come to this realization and, you know, he spoke out on on the current situation in Iran. So. So 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 for me it's like go Masian Nijad. Well, that's that's amazing. You you got in the door and and you got the you know you this this is just another way to create awareness. When mm-hmm. you take a photo with the president, the photos go viral. Everybody sees it. Everybody goes, "What's that about? Oh, Iran! It's on the agenda." Um, you you you're not sure that you feel the same way, or what? you know what? I don't. I, I'm not against any sort of. Um awareness being brought to the current situation Mm -hmm. in Iran. And I think anything is helpful. But one of the things that is kind of front of mind, and I know we've talked about this on on various shows, um, and I think Cameron on a couple episodes back from Nufti was mentioning this, that, you know, it's a great time at any point in this revolution to start thinking about these emerging leaders Mm -hmm. and who they are and what kind Mm -hmm. of a role they play. Mm -hmm. So when I saw this, you know, my first question was, how did Masih Ali Najad come to be the individual who had this this meeting with the president? Mm-hmm. And those are just some of the questions that I have reoccurringly mm-hmm. as we see things take place with the current revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not to say that you know I have anything against her or any of the individuals who were there or even that this meeting took place, but I think mm-hmm. it's just important to note um, some of these emerging figures who come to be. Why is that important to note? Uh, because I think if we've learned anything from the previous revolution, it's to pick the individuals who represent us. Wisely. I see. So who ha- this is not a democratically elected yeah. representative yeah, of the Iranian I mean, people. Is it, isn't it kind of like an aggregate, though? Like this is happening a few different people. Like Nazanin Boniadi speaks mm-hmm. at the UN, and Hamid Ismailian has a big crowd in Berlin, and uh, Masih Najad meets with Macron, and and the aggregate of all, and Ali Karimi says something, yeah. and the aggregate of all of that is good, is 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 positive. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's positive in the sense that it brings awareness, but I think it's something that we should be keeping top of mind because as we get you know, further into this revolution and we have talks about cancel- councils emerging and we have, you know, conversations of, well, there, should there be a specific individual who represents this hmm. so that international bodies can address them and things like that? Those are the questions that we have to have top of mind. Hmm. And again, I think my biggest thing is that, you know, through history, we learn, right? So that's some of the questions that maybe weren't asked properly the last time around and why not hmm. learn from that? Hmm. Can I comment on that? Of course. So um, I think um, for the voice of the revolution to be heard, we don't need only one individual mm-hmm. who is elected by the people. If it's done through multiple people, um, um, through multiple mediums, that's fine too. Mm. So if Massey can meet with Macron and be the voice of people in Iran and say, please stop shaking hand with IEC, it's totally fine. I don't care if she is selected by people or not. She has been very active for many years. She's met with many individuals, many mm. high 
uh, highly political people, um, highly influential people, and he, she's been the voice of women for a very long time. So, um, with respect to your opinion, saying that she she maybe she cannot be the leader of a group, um, I would say that she's doing something. Um, on behalf of many women saying that we are done with the compulsory hijab and that a compulsory hijab is not just a piece mm. of cloth. It's it's a barrier from us being human beings in Iran, in our own country. So I'm fine with her meeting with Macron and Hamid Esbailun meeting with Justin Trudeau and all doing one thing for mm. the people of Iran. Yeah, at this stage, I think that's fine. And Nazanin Bayadi meeting with Kamala yeah. Harris, and yeah, I mean, I mean all of that at this stage, I think is is perfect. In fact, it's it's helpful. You're, I you're, agree you're, with you on that I mean, Pegas' point is not a is is I, I get the point though. You know, it's uh, for each each one of these people, there's going to be people who you know aren't followers or don't necessarily mm -hmm. get it or are, are and detractors and say, well, how why is that person? And so at some point, there's got to be some kind of function or rhyme yeah. or reason or whatever. Point, but yeah. it doesn't to me it doesn't feel like this is the point no, like yet, i think it's sure. like awesome you know <laughs> macron is mm -hmm. you know spent a bunch of time with uh, people as as masses is focusing on uh, mm -hmm. um on these iran issues and Go the ahead, fact Shane. that he called this movement revolution i think it's a big deal mm. Mm. yeah Justin did he say Trudeau that? Did he say it in too. English? Yes, he, did. <laughs> <laughs> he did it first, actually. So he did it first. Yeah. What did Justin Trudeau do? He also mentioned the revolution, and mm -hmm. he said, like, when the regime in Iran changes, so you recognize it as a revolution. And because we mentioned Masih Ali Najad and Hamid Esmailiun, they share an idea saying that we don't need the West to um, overcome the challenges in Iran and mm -hmm. overthrow the regime that has been governing mm -hmm. Iran. It's just that we want them not to help the Islamic Republic to yes. succeed with what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in that, we in don't need you to come in and and set up shop in Tehran right, and, exactly. and uh, become the government or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I, I think those are some. Uh, then before we leave the roundtable here, there's a. We mentioned the UN, and and we certainly done. A, I've I've done my uh, share of uh, battering the UN about um, inaction and passivity and quiescence over the last couple of months. But the human UN Human Rights Council special session on Iran is finally going to happen. That's a long thanks way. to a few uh, um, tireless uh, activists who've um, kind of been pushing this. So November twenty fourth. That's well, it's actually still what a couple of weeks away or yeah. ten days away. <laughs> And um, what 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 is what can we look forward to? Is everything's going to change? The world is <laughs> our oyster. The UN and now <laughs> recognizes us. I, I'm not holding my breath considering what we've seen so far. But it, you know, any progress at this point is is helpful. Um, this actually came by at the request, <clears throat> excuse me, at the request of um, Germany and Iceland. They brought it to the table, so to speak. Um, it's important to note that although they brought it to the table, at least one third of the UNHR. Um, voting members had to support the proposal. So that that's a huge number of individuals mm. who have supported this, which is really important. Um, what they've said so far is that they're going to try and address the deteriorating human rights situation in Iran, especially with respect to women and children. So that's kind of what's on the agenda. Um, and like you said, it's being held on the 24th, and we'll see what right. takes place. Okay. And uh, we should also mention, And uh, do you have any great hopes for that, Massa? Not really, no, because mm. I've reached out to them, um, both UN and UNICEF, because as you know, like 23 children yeah. were, were killed yeah. in Iran mm -hmm. during the past eight weeks. And I asked if um, they would 
share their opinion on it, or they would do anything on it, or even a statement and interview anything from them, and I haven't heard back. I'm pretty sure that I sent eight emails so far, <laughs> and I haven't heard yeah. back. And they usually respond um, to emails from media. Um, they have a dedicated um, section that is replying to media, and they're not replying to this, so I'm not holding yeah. my breath either. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's been zero. I mean, it's <laughs> we go from, hey, you and at least recognize something that's happening here to <laughs> even if they do recognize yeah. it, how, how effective is it actually going to be? But, you know, thanks thanks to the people who've created this, uh, the, the, at least the, the possibility that there can be a special session. And, I mean, these were the kind of things that, you know, when we, when we carp about the fact that, uh, there's a double standard in terms of the way the world has supported Ukraine versus Iran. These were the kind of things that were important mm-hmm. when it came to Ukraine, these these kind of special sessions. So hopefully this um, this can at least be something. And finally, this um, this Saturday, I mean, I'm, I'm always a bit, I think it's a bit dodgy to promote one protest over another or a demonstration because there's so many and there's so many petitions. And thank you to everybody who forwards your petition to, to us and says, can you talk about this one? But it's hard to to pick one or two. But there, I guess when it is a global day, it feels like it's a, a, a little more newsworthy. So this Saturday, you you wanted to mention that there's a, the gl- a global day of action yep, again? So it's a global day of action. It's going to be a rally for Iran's revolution. Um, obviously, Toronto is one of the many cities taking part. I think I saw 72 cities so far. I mean, in you know, I, I saw even remote parts of Canada had had put in their uh, their name. So that's it's amazing to see. I should mention we uh, we meant to mention this, but we haven't. Uh, we we didn't. That that rally is actually associated with uh, this being the current. Um, this period we're in is the anniversary mm-hmm. of the tragic and the, the hor- horrible events of Aubon. And I think there's strikes. There's actions planned inside Iran yes. starting tomorrow for the next three days. And this was. This is the, the, the Aubon's significance. I think everybody's caught up on this in, yeah, in terms of our I, listeners, I, I, but I go ahead, Masa. Yeah. A reminder is nice um, to have for people who mm, might not have heard about it. Um, Aubon, three years ago uh, in November, for three days, the internets were shut off completely, and then afterwards it was, it was limited. Um, so the government of Iran took the opportunity to shut down internet and kill people and according to humanitarian organizations 1500 people were killed many are still arrested and waiting for their sentences we don't know what's going to happen to them and that was the the time the beginning of the time that i personally came to realization that the government of iran would do anything to maintain power and it continued and then it went on with the downing of uh, flight ps752 so it was like the beginning of mass killing of people mm. just to maintain the power. One might argue the beginning was the 1980s when there was right. mass killings of, right, of, right. of people in, in prisons, etc. But but you're but absolutely in terms of the contemporary in our time. In I, our time. I mean, yeah. there's been here and there Zahra Kazemi and all kinds of uh, horrible things that this uh, Neda, you know, the green movement. But right. but yes, this Arban was. I mean, Arban has also been kind of partly what's been a an asterisk on part of the trepidation that everybody had about saying this is a revolution, this is the time, this is the mm-hmm. is because of what happened in Albon and and fears of the re- the repetition of that, um, and um, yeah, I mean it's certainly something to to mark. It's going to be interesting. These are the things that um, just to come back full full circle to the World Cup and and crowds assembling. This is 
certainly what the regime is going to be scared of in mm-hmm. inside right. Iran. Any opportunity where a crowd can assemble, and if the crowd is big enough, it inoculates itself from being um, attacked. You know, in a, in, a, in a profound way. So um, we'll see what happens in the next few days with mm-hmm. Hamon. And we've talked about the power of people, the, num- the sheer number of people and the power that comes with that. And I think, you know, what we've seen with the government in Iran is the fear that they have of that now, because they do see that strength in the unity and solidarity, everything. I mean, all of it is is what's adding to all of their fears yeah, now. So, yeah. uh, Thanks for being here, Massa. Thank you for nice having Nice to have me. you a part of the roundtable. Thank you. Um, thank you, Pega. Thank, thank you, Shia. Thank you. Uh, and um, we'll, I'll see you guys on the other side. Let's um, do a little turnaround here in the Rook studio and bring in our, our feature, first feature guests. Um, they are getting set up. And uh, okay, well, first up, uh, well, actually, there are two special guests here. Let me introduce Dr. Iman Tahiri, who is a new social media star, if you'd like to, likely seen uh, recently with his heartfelt videos about the current situation in Iran. Uh, just a few years ago, he was working as a general surgeon in a rural area in southern Iran where drug use and drug-related crimes are prevalent. Iman moved to Toronto in 2020 and began getting active online. It is good to have him back with us and joining us in a moment in the Rook studio. But first, I'm very pleased to introduce a new guest to our studio. Esson Kadami is a renowned Iranian actor, singer, radio and TV personality, and a familiar voice and face for many Iranians inside and outside of Iran. He began his career in radio in 2006. Then Esson came to greater public attention by hosting a popular TV show, Nokre. In the world of acting, he's appeared in numerous successful movies. And in the last couple of months, he made global headlines for being outspoken about the situation in Iran and his desire to see the end of this regime. He's currently touring a new play called The Puzzle in North America. And right now, Esson Kadami joins me in the Rook studio. Hello, sir. Hello, Jean. Thank you very much for having me. It's a great honor. It's a great honor to have you here. <laughs> Thank you very much. Especially as a fellow radio guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh, love radio, and I started from radio. I'm, um, I'm, I'm so glad that you could come in the studio. Thank it's nice much. to have you in Toronto. Uh, tell me, first of all, just on a personal level, and I know that you're going to mix in some Persian maybe in yes. your answers, however, whatever you feel comfortable Thank with. You. Tell me how you felt personally before, you, before we get to your decision to speak out. Uh, how you felt about the death of the killing of Massa Amini and whether you could tell early on that it was different this time somehow? Um, actually, uh, it was not different. I mean, the uh, the crime was not, not different. Yes. Uh, we had some something like that before. But um, the main thing is uh, there's terrible incident had happened before in Iran, but the killing of Massa uh, broke the broke the anger hmm. of Iranian people, broke the silence of uh, Iranian people, and I think this is the main thing. This is the main difference. Why did this? Why was it this that broke the uh, <coughs> broke the dam, as you would say? Uh, mean and that's why and and she was and she was a really innocent girl yeah. it was a pretty big deal 
you've had tensions with the regime before, but it was a pretty big deal that you came out, and it was pretty early on. Yeah. It was before a lot of the well-known performers and sports stars, et cetera, mm-hmm. have been saying things. You came out, and you did an interview, and you said, um, I, I, I'm supporting this, this revolution. I am mm-hmm. against the regime. Tell me about the decision to do that, Esla. In, um, I decided to, to return to Iran this, this winter. ولی وقتی این اتفاق افتاد من تصمیم گرفتم با توجه به حالا موقعیت که توی آمریکا داشتم I had freedom to speak so uh, I decided and I did it این که میگم مثلا تو خیلی زود به این ماجرا پیوستی من تصمیم گرفتم و همون موقع عملیش کردم چون همه ما یه تصوری از قبل داشتیم که دارن ما رو اذیت میکنن داریم سانسور میشیم من فکر کردم که now it's the time to speak out دیگه شک نکردم خب two things one I mean how did it feel when you started speaking out I felt angry اول از همه بسیار خشمگین بودم از اتفاقی که برای محصا افتاد این این بزرگتر یک خشم بزرگ داشتم میدونی I was waiting که مثلا حکومت بیاد و عذرخواهی کنه توضیح بده ریسپانسیبل باشه ولی یعنی واقعا فکر کردی این کارو میکنن ببین امیدوار بودم ولی وقتی این اتفاق نیفتاد روز به روز من عصبانی تر شدم و بعد که دیگه دیدم که No, there's no hope. I decided to speak out. I mean, the big reason why performers like yourself, even those who may not be in Iran, um, but who haven't left for decades, etc., the big reason they don't speak out is to have the opportunity to be able to return. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, um, you knew that by doing this, you're not going to get welcomed back to 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 be on uh, radio and TV in, in Iran. Was that playing in your mind at all? No. Uh, everyone has, has a responsibility. When you have big, um, big audiences, uh, you have to. You, it's your responsibility to be the voice of them. Because I think that I have mentioned 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 have some problems, I have to speak out for them. I have to I have to talk I have to be the voice of them. میدونی یعنی رابطه دو طرفه است. هم من مردم منو ساپورت کردن که حالا به یه نقطه رسیدم from now on I have to support them. So do you feel like do you believe performers like yourself have a responsibility to speak up? Sure, of course. Of course. Actors, musicians. Everyone, yeah. So let me just ask you on that because I mean uh, um It's an important thing to say, and as somebody who's doing it yourself, you have the right to say that, I suppose. But some people point to a double standard and say, why do we expect this of artists, but we don't necessarily expect it of engineers and dentists and, and other people, you know, leave your job and spend your time uh, working on the revolution. Um, do, do you, does that double standard bother you? Even when it comes to sports stars, when we were in, in Istanbul a couple of weeks ago, um, one of our guests said, 
why why do um, these why does Team Meli even get to play? I mean, why are we um, just hoping that they're going to not sing the national anthem or something when we don't expect actors and filmmakers and and musicians to be to be doing their jobs right now? What do you say to that? Bevin. Uh, من فکر میکنم که اون درسته اون حرف هم میتونه درست باشه ولی اگر ما بخوایم بشینیم فکر کنیم که چرا اون میکنه چرا من نکنم چرا چرا مثلا هنرمنده باید بکنم ولی مثلا چرا هنرمنده باید کنسرتاشون رو تعطیل بکنم ولی دندون پزشک مثلا باید بر سر کارش اگر بخوایم اینجوری فکر کنیم هیچ کس نمیتونه کار بکنه منتها مسئله اینجاست که یک دندان پزشک یا یک پزشک یا یک سوپرمارکت دار یا هر کسی با حمایت مردم نشده دندان پزشک یا مغازدار یا هر چیزی ولی یک آرتیست یک ورزشکار با حمایت مردم شده آرتیست ام. یا ورزشکار ام. پس بنابراین تو باید اینو جبران بکنی تو اگر که رفتی درس خوندی سرمایه گذاری کردی یک مغازه ای داری میدونی این این بالاخره جبران پذیره you owe your career to an audience yes. so it's your responsibility to give exactly. back to your audience uh, That's the point. Yani, this is the difference between uh, celebrities and Barrier Right, right. It, does it frustrate you that some celebrities are not speaking out or are on the fence? In some way, I can understand them. And in some way, I cannot understand them. Bazi hoshun, midunam chekadr gereftoran, گیر دارن چقدر مواظبت میشن ولی بعضیشون هم نمیفهمم که چرا هیچ چی نمیگن راستشو بخوای بعضیشون که حتی دوستای صمیمی من هستن متوجه نمیشم چرا حرف نمیزنن باشون حرف میزنی بله با بعضیشون حرف میزنن اونا بعضیشون میگن ما میترسیم و بعضیشون هم متاسفانه جواب قانع کننده ای نمیدن هی میگن ما امروز حرف میزنیم اون یکی میگه من قرارداد فلانم با فلان فیلم تموم شه مثلا از 20 روز دیگه حرف میزنم ولی من فکر میکنم ما نباید به اونا توجه بکنیم یعنی هر کس هر کاری میتونه باید بکنه آه. ولی کاری که میتونی انجام بدی و پاش وایسی خودت که خیلی های پروفایلی خودت میترسی اصلا؟ نه از بابت خودم نمیترسم یه مقداری نگرانی های ممکنه در ایران داشته باشم ولی نه من فکر میکنم که آدم نباید به خودش بده کار باشه یعنی من تصمیم گرفت میدونی من فکر کردم که خب عظیمه بعد من قرار هر روز صبح خودم تو آینه ببینم دیگه. نباید از خودم شرم سار باشم نباید چند سال دیگه که بچم ازم پرسید که What did you do for this revolution I have to, I have to answer here Yeah. Um, because of that, I, I, I decided to. You have out. you have kids. You yes. have a, 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 a kid. A, a kid. Yes, a kid. A, and I've seen son. you say this in an yeah. interview that you 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 want to know what you're going to be able to say to your kid mm. years from now. He says, "Where were you uh, during that revolution that was happening?" Exactly. Yeah. But I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to فقط اینجوری نیست که من از مثلا برم رو صحنه همه دست بزنن و بگم آبای مردم من I love you all فلا. نه باید یه کاری هم برای این مردم که you love them بکنی دیگه Are you angry and um, sad about what's happening uh, in Iran? I mean the majlis decision to put put a law uh, try, try and actually make it into law that we're going to execute people for mm. for um, protesting or are you uh, inspired and energized by these incredible young people who refuse to give up 
I mean, they are not representatives of the people. They are servants of the power. You know, they have competition to serve better for the power. Mm. It didn't surprise me, actually. The, the Majlis decision didn't surprise no. you. You need to actually put, try and put something into law yeah. that we're going to fucking kill these people for for free. That doesn't surprise you. No. I think it's better than that. Because they just want to be the power of the میتونم بگم اکثریت مطلقشون حالا ممکنه بعضی از آدم هایی در مجلس باشن که اونقدر هم علاقه من به نوکری قدرت نداشته باشن ولی اونا صدای مردم نیستن بنابراین اتفاقی که داره میفته اینه که هر کاری انجام میدن برای این که در قدرت بمونن به خاطر اینکه اگر که اتفاقی در ایران بیفته they have no future right. No future. They can imagine no future for them. So how, um, where I was trying to go with this is that we ha- we keep having this conversation mm-hmm. about the two sides of the coin. As Yelohaz, as Sabani, or as Yelohaz, we're so inspired by in Bachoy, Iran, Kalandar, and Ejramikran, Tell me about that. During your day, how how much of your day are you angry and how much of your day are you going, wow? This is actually happening. These kids are not giving up. <laughs> um, I think at the same time, you're mm. angry and you're uh, you're so optimist. Uh, they're trying their best. و این عجیبه یعنی الان که با ایمان می اومدیم تو خیابون ماشینایی میدیدیم که با پرچم شیر و خورشید دارن رد میشن گفتم ببین مثلا یه فضای عجیبی تو دنیا درست شده برای این ماجرا این من هر دو اینا رو دارم یعنی در طول روز عصبانی میشم از اتفاقایی که داره سر مردم پیش میاد و همین عصبانیت به من امید میده به من انرژی میده برای اینکه محکم تر قدم بردارم ام ایمان how do you choose Asanjan, what you what you speak out about or what you can try to do masalan in qazib um the dire situation of hossein ranaqi mm. uh, i mean sometimes i wonder i i get a bunch of people writing to me saying please speak about this person mm. or or this situation or this petition tell me how you you choose how 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 do you possibly know where to begin uh I think Hussein Ronaghi is the meaning of freedom, is the meaning of honor. برای همین همه دارن می جنگن to keep this meaning. برای اینکه جنگیدن برای حسین رونقی، فریاد زدن اسم حسین رونقی، فریاد زدن اسم آزادی و شرافته. دیدیم که دیشب وقتی این اتفاق افتاد و گفتن حسین وضعیت خوبی نداره خب همه مردم رفتن رفت و این خیلی خوبه و امروز که خبر اومد که حسین زنده است مادر شدیده این امید دوچندانی ایجاد میکنه و اگر کوچکترین اتفاقی برای حسین میافتاد معلوم نبود واقعا در ایران چه, چه وضعیتی درست میشه برای من مواظبت کردن از حسین رانقی مواظبت کردن از 
آزادی و شرافته Do you know him personally? No. Oh. But you are obviously aware of him over the years. Yes, of course. Yeah. Let me bring um, Dr. Iman Tahiri sure. in. Nice to have you here again. Hi. Great to be back. Thank you. Um, for, first of all, and, and by the way, I didn't know about the the bromance that you guys, the, the two of you, know each other for many years. Years, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we met, we met first like about, I think more than seven, eight years ago back in mm, Iran. Back in Iran. And uh, yeah, so I'm into art and performance and all this stuff. and. Ehsan is a legend, as you know, and uh, yeah, so we started this friendship, and I'm so honored to to, to call him a good friend. I'm yeah. honored, brother. Thank you've you. you've been um, uh, you've been prolific. I mean, you have. A, you, I I saw you about a month ago and said, "Wow, man, you know, I I, I can imagine a, uh, the same as the the young people who are working on this rook team. That you you must be exhausted, um, both mentally and." Uh, and um and in terms of the stamina it takes to just do to be posting as much as you are not to not to victimize you i mean there are people who are being killed in the streets but but tell me how you've been handling all the information you've dealt with and your decision to just keep pumping out trying to help in terms of you've become this kind of a um um a a uh, a resource for information that you spread through your social media well yeah so it's it's it all started as you know the, the exact day of uh massage you know i mean the uh story spread it and uh i posted my first video on september 16 i guess and i i mentioned that i posted on tiktok i created the hashtag massage on tiktok it's now over 1 billion 500 million some kind of like views now and i just said that that was a girl and it happened and she's dead now and i ended with she was not the first and i have a very little hope that she will be the last and that's it i i didn't want to you know to just do something you I didn't just, know this was going to become yeah, your I, thing I didn't, for the, yeah. I, yeah i didn't know that and then i start list uh, hearing that they're trying to conceal it they're trying to cover it up so oh, she had like some heart problem and i i, I saw that it's, it's not fair mm. and i made my first farsi video and said i'm a doctor i know what's going on i can see this this is not what it is and then i did you know i realized that there is a huge gap that people don't know what is what's going on and uh they really want to know and i said that's we'd be we had this this conversation months back that you're asking so what's going on with you what are you doing i back then i didn't know exactly what is yeah. my role what what i'm doing but now i see that so i have the audience i have the platform i know what's going on and i have nothing i mean this is this is my thing now i just came to how do you choose what you post about Ima? well there are and it's not it's not a good thing but there are many many sad horrible stories yes that i have to go through and pick one two you know maybe three and just you know go through them so for me it's i have a, a strategy when i talk in farsi with people in iran i try to give them hope and uh, help them out you know mm. with, with my medical stuff or like you know to to I, i'm not talking about horrible stuff in farsi that's because they already oh, know, interesting they already know what's going on so uh -huh. they don't need me to to tell them how horrible this stuff is in, in Iran. But when I speak in English with my English audience, with English spoken, uh, uh, spoken audience, which are like a huge, uh, 
uh, part of my audience. I try to be honest, kind of like cold-hearted truth, you know, like I just let them know what is going on. And because uh, at the beginning, it was kind of like a social media trend. People didn't even know what actually they're supporting. They used the hashtag. They just wanted to. It was a wave. I didn't want it to be like this. Mm. I explained it. Even some big shots on social media, they posted something once, twice, and they just disappeared. But I wanted to let them know that this is probably the last hope for a nation, for a community, for a great country that uh, to get back to the free world. What do you hear from your, um, uh, first of all, I mean, I don't know, you haven't been hit by some of the shadow banning and we, we got hit for a while where people couldn't see our stuff on Instagram in Iran or uh, even on, on some of our other platforms. That hasn't, has that affected you? Have you well, yeah, I almost lost my TikTok account and uh, they, they banned me from posting anything and I uh, just now I have to be, so, you know, I, I was doing great back then, but now it's just, uh, it's kind of like a, uh not an active account yet oh but uh my instagram i try to be more because this is it like your roof your rule right they say this is what it is and i i already knew that over the past two years i've been dealing with some stuff i talk about ukraine i talk about other stuff but it seems very selective the things that uh i, I was quite surprised i mean it's quite benign you know we, we I, I don't understand what happened with us i mean we but do you have any sense of what is getting blocked or and by whom well, as they say, uh, obvious kind of like violence is not tolerable. Mm -hmm. And of course it's not. But what it seems to be the sensitive content is a reality of a country that are asking for help. So, right. But it's, it's kind of like tricky to find the balance. To, uh, so that's why I t instead of showing them what's happening, I start to telling the story with mm -hmm. like one or two pictures. But I will tell the story. They cannot say. So the story is horrible. It's truth. And I'm not showing any like sensitive content you're you're a doctor um we uh, i mean you're a general doctor but we had we had a, a a psychologist on the show a few days ago and and we keep hearing this mantra of of, of you have to balance yourself you know because uh we already had a collective trauma of the last 43 years or, or and now sort of doom scrolling through um social media can can has led to lack of sleep for many of us uh, has led to um kind of this this internal torture um what is your prescription around that for yourself well it's for not me, easy actually please. or for Amazon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well I, honestly it's not easy i mean as a general surgeon myself who I've, I've been working on trauma bay for years and i've seen everything almost everything regarding to trauma and uh but even me every like i there's n like many many occasions that i i you know i burst to, to tears i cannot mm. control myself even the stories are do you try to turn off for a few hours do you do any of that i mean uh not really but mm. you know but i i try to to use this anger to turn it to energy to to be more motivated about what i'm going to say and uh, but yeah so you probably need some time off if you cannot handle it mm. and you th think you know like i think the whole the whole concept of this revolution is a right-minded thing right brain uh movement what does that mean it means that is uh, so they say they call it like a feminine revolution mm -hmm. it's a it's a 
it is. It's it's all about creativity. It's all about uh, intuition. It's all about momentums that mm. has happened. Have you, you, mm. you, have you noticed that it all started from sakes where women cut their hair, yes. which is a feminine act. It's not about gender. It's about you know how you can tell the world that you're extremely exhausted and angry and hopeless, and this is the the, the last thing you can do. Two, I mean, like less than a month later, uh, the representative in Europe, uh, she she cut her her hair yes. too. You know, this is a message. This is a feminine energy message. Like it's not about again, it's not about gender. You saw like Sherwin yes. sitting in the room and make it. You know, they created this masterpiece. Yes. That, like, millions of people are now familiar with this is creativity and every time you can turn this anger to something to create to find your way out to just and can i just on part. that on that point on that nukte, mm-hmm. uh, bring, bring asan in here too because um it almost feels sometimes irresponsible to to not be talking about people dying because that's it's so dire the situation that it feels like uh, I don't want to entertain these other mm, uh, fanciful ideas too much. But I have to say, the explosion among the reasons why I'm so proud, why we feel what I last month called the rebirth of Iranian pride in the diaspora, let alone inside Iran. Mm-hmm is this explosion of creativity like the art the music the images the the videos that, that are coming out of from iranians around the world yeah. it's so overwhelmingly beautiful it's so powerful can you speak to that i mean you're somebody who's on various sides of the arts you know this this must be it just it's just so wondrous uh, when you were talking about a revolution I think this explosion is a part of every revolution. Mm. Um, during the history, when you when you, when you take a look at it, می‌بینی که تو هر انقلابی ما کلی شعرای جدید و جالب داریم، نقاشی‌های معماری‌های جالب داریم، موسیقی‌های جالب داریم، و اینم اساساً نیست. منتها we are talking about Iran. یعنی جایی که 43 ساله که همه اینها سرکوب شده yeah. یا تلاش شده که به شدت کنترل بشه و الان there's a big explosion and, and this is, the, uh, this is the, the first step this is the beginning of the story hmm. do, you, do you guys um, I mean we are it's two months now or no it's more than two months it's, uh, you know just past two months Today, today, how do you feel about where this is going? How do you feel in terms of um, the, the, I mean, if you were to be honest, I mean, you know, there's no correct answer. I'm talking about your feelings. How do you feel about what is happening in Iran? How do you feel, where, where do you think this will continue to go? Iman, we'll start with you. Well, I'm hopeful and i know that we already passed some points that we cannot go back you know like uh we actually had we we, we talked about it before and i used a like a medical example the water has broke you Mm. know (laughs) you're just waiting behind the door you're waiting for the baby to come out it could be one hour two hours six hours but it is a it is a rebirth of a country of an all this uh 
nation that it's it's coming it, it, you cannot get back to what it was like two months ago but mm. i hope that we can help and uh make it happen with less uh, casualty it's i guess mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so it will it will happen it, you, I, that, it sounds like you disagree with the uh former uh, reformist president Khatemi who came out in the last 24 hours and said this regime leaving is impossible it's not going to happen <laughs> it is impossible for him <laughs> <laughs> not 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 for this joint young generation people are doing this watch us then um tell me Hassan, your feeling where you know after nine weeks wherever we're at right now where what do you feel there's a big hope i think and uh we never come back to the uh, last two months before before this two months. من فکر می‌کنم مثالی که ایمان زد، من باش کاملا موافقم. یعنی هممون منتظریم کیسه آب پاره شده و همون پشت در منتظریم که اون اتفاق بیفته. And it will happen. Definitely, it will happen. یعنی اصلا این راهی که ما رفتیم مثلا جز این نیست. حتما یک تغییر بزرگ در راهه. حالا it can be one hour later or yeah. a year later. Yeah. I believe that. And you said about some I guess he's, a, he's an older guy, he's kind of cynical. He said, join him. This is not, you know. And I was saying that something that I've been saying for the last couple of weeks where I, I feel like in my mind's eye, I can imagine the regime falling. I can imagine the change in Iran. I can imagine. I don't know the details. I don't know who the leadership is or what the structure is or who you know who pops up and who doesn't what but I can imagine this 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 ending. I can't imagine the regime staying. I mean I can't imagine the mechanics of how that's going to work at this point with the with the the genie out of the bottle as you say or the the water breaking or whatever uh, analogy we want to use. I just can't imagine it. That's and that's the part that convinces me, you know. Yeah. What, what in what imagination do you think they can hold on to power with this level of of disagree, disagreement, dissent, and disarray? Well, as Hassan mentioned before, those who are in the let's say I don't know, but maybe that's called a core power, they are in the center of this regime. They are not fighting for. They're fighting for their life. Mm. They know that if, if there's no system, they they have no space. They have no have no nothing to 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 hold on to, you know. And uh, so they keep doing this. This is a dictatorship. You know that dictators will s- pretend that everything is fine, like 15 minutes before everything mm. falls off. And uh, yeah, so and there are people who will listen to them, of course. But as you say, I mean. Everything started with an imagination. Maybe like six months ago, if someone asked you, so what do you think, how long, you had no imagination. So there is this imagination out there. So it will come to the reality. Let me ask you guys about what we were talking about a a few minutes ago in our Rook Roundtable. And you're both involved in in speaking out. You've both, I'm sure, thought about this. What, what, What the hell are we supposed to do about the World Cup? And there are um, some people, I saw Arash Sopani this morning posted, uh, boycott the World Cup, 
you know, mm. just don't. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Does that mean if Iran and the U.S. are playing, I'm not supposed to watch? Like, I, I, I really don't know. And it's even more confusing for somebody who's a football fan and is also a Canadian citizen and an English citizen. And I, my teams are also playing from other countries, you know. Um, but then Team Meli meets with Raisi today, and uh, it's so, it feels so. Um, I don't want to use the word violent, but it feels so um, um, horrific, dystopian to see see the meeting and the bowing and the you know. Uh, I'm not sure what we're supposed to do. What what do you what do you think? I think actually about the, the this meeting between uh, Iranian national team and Raisi, we don't know what happened. What what what's going on behind the curtain? Okay. Um, some of. Um, some of the players of national team are my friends mm -hmm. and they are under um, uh, the, lots of pressure under pressure under big pressure yes but we have to wait and we have to watch the games mm. so it's, you think something's going to happen i don't know <laughs> it, it depends on the players uh -huh. they have to choose be the player of national team or be the players of government team in to jam jahani malum shi yani ki ma bebinim che etefaq miyoft yani ta hamun roz bayad vaisim ke bebinim badish masalan chi agar kari nakardan chi agar hich etefaq neyofte zarar asli be un bazikona va be kol varzesh iran mirese man fikr nemikonam ke bazikonay team milli football enqadr بی خیال باشن نسبت به مردمشون مردمی که دارن به اسم اونا تو زمین فوتبال بازی میکنن که هیچ ریاکشنی نشون ندن دیدیم تیم فوتبال ساحلی رفت چه اتفاقی افتاد کسی سرود جمهوری اسلامی رو نمیخونه تیم کشتی چه اتفاقی براش افتاد الناظر کابی چه کرد من فکر میکنم که باید صبر کنیم و ببینیم که اونا چه تصمیم میگیرن. آخه واقعا you're not wrong the pressure that must be on these guys and I and I put myself in that position and go oh my god that's horrific. On the other hand there's got to be a lot of pressure on Tarane Ali Dusti too and she's shown we cannot compare that. No? No. Why not? بخاطر اینکه بازیکن تیم ملی اینجا یه مأمور امنیتی نشسته بغل دستش ترانه توی خونش حجابشو برداشت و کار بسیار بزرگی کرد نظرم خیلی کار بزرگی کرد ام. ولی بازیکن تیم ملی فکر کن تو این اتاقی که من و تو هستیم الان دور تا دور اون مأمور امنیتی باشه ام. ما نمیتونیم در مورد این چیزی که داریم حرف میزنیم حرف بزنیم طبیعتا میدونی چی میگم یعنی اون فشار خیلی متفاوته با فشاری که روی من هست با فشاری که روی مثلا ترانه هست در ایران با فشاری که روی هر کدوم از it's valid that's also why it's so important for them to do something sure. because they they you know they are in the the forefront right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and i almost feel like i don't know what the conversations they have with each other are maybe you do but i almost feel like if they did something as a group there's a lot more strength in there's a, it's not easy but there's a way to do something with uh, rather than one guy speaking out and, and being punished for it or something you know i think it will happen یعنی بغیر از دو تا بازیکن وحید امیری و مهدی ترابی بقیه بازیکن ها با مردمن امیدوارم که من اشتباه نکرده باشم What do you think? 
Well, I love soccer, football, that's mm-hmm. what they say, but I've never been that. We are both pairs policy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My condolences. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been this indifferent about oh. Team Melody mm. and all this stuff happening. And, you know, like, I'm, I, I should probably disagree with what you say that, like, this is like. You remember Ali Karimi years mm-hmm. back with the green uh, bracelet on the, after this Jumba Shasaf yeah. stuff? He did it, and uh, he, he, he's been doing this for years, and you can stand your ground. If, if you want, you can stand your ground. But uh, there are momentums that can, can come up, you know, with the Surud Meli or, like, National Anthem. That's not Surud Meli. Even the people who are in the world, they don't say Surud Meli. Surud Meli. Yeah, but you cannot expect a team, uh, a national soccer team, to change the regime. So they can just show the support, and I hope that they do something. But there is no, you know, the thing is not there anymore. I'm just, mm. I don't, I don't care about it. Like the the, the result and so what's going to happen. Yeah, mm. I probably will just show. Uh, just yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. I was saying earlier in the roundtable that I covered the. Olympics in Sochi in, in, in Russia uh, eight years ago and and when we first went there the, everybody was complaining about human rights issues in Russia and you know uh, I said I thought maybe nobody's even going to watch the Olympics you know Canadians were angry mm. about the situation in Russia once the Olympics started all of that faded away and everybody was who's, who's winning the medals what's happening in the competition and and I dare say one of the concerns I have is is that if you remember during the Green Movement, famously Michael Jackson died uh, right around mm. that time, and suddenly the rest of the world's attention went to Michael Jackson mm. rather than the Green Movement, where that had been in the headlines, and that we may go through a six-week period where the World Cup derails, in and amongst other things happening in the world, Ukraine, uh, American uh, politics, whatever it is derails attention being placed on Iran. And I'm not sure exactly what we can do to help support that not happening other than keep keep the awareness going. Exactly. This is it. This is this is our responsibility now. You know, like there have been different stuff. When the Iran situation came up, the Ukraine still wasn't the top top uh news and we actually take it over. Uh as I said, there are momentums that even not Iranians, maybe other countries support Iranian women, and uh, you can just use it as a content. You know, you can, you should. I mean, we are. This is uh, this is on us to just keep this flame alive. And Esan, let me ask you this question. Then, I mean, we are here. You're here in Canada, in the United States. What do you believe those of us here in the diaspora should be doing now? Um, to support uh, the folks in Iran. Okay, l- let me tell you something about your past question about the uh, World Cup. Yeah, please. I think we, uh, I mean, as protesters, we have to focus on the other teams, on the other national teams, mm. and uh, ask them to be our voice, you know, because they're not under any pressure. And everyone in the whole, whole of the world know what is happening in Iran. So we, we, we have to ask them to be the voice of the people. Um, 
این به نظرم خیلی راحت تره تا اینکه از همون هفته پیش اینجا بود میگفت که آخه چرا باید مثلا تیم انگلستان why is it their responsibility it should be the Iranian team's responsibility to be dealing with this rather than asking the rest of the world but I don't disagree with you why not I mean if if the if the Premier League can change its flag to the Ukrainian flag why yes. can't why can't the rest of the world humanity I mean I mean to a board judge چیز زدن توی 11 سپتامبر زدن خب تو ایران مردم اومدن برای آمریکایی ها شم روشن کردن مردم ایران برای مردم بوسنی تظاهرات کردن حتی برای خیلی از مردم عادی همینه که الان توی خیابون هستن برای مردم فلسطین هم تظاهرات میکنن برای مردم افغانستان بنابراین من فکر میکنم که we have to ignore the border lines it's about humanity it's about human rights It's about children, about um, women, about youth generation. پس بنابراین ما میتونیم توقع داشته باشیم و بخوایم از همه مردم جهان که کنار ما باشن ما چه تفاوتی با اوکراینی ها داریم؟ چرا همه مردم جهان با اونها هستن؟ باید این, این مسئولیت اون مسئولیت انسان هاست که در کنار هم باشن yeah. اگر تمام تیم های دنیا رو ازشون بخوایم که حداقل یک دقیقه سکوت کنن ابتدای مسابقه به یاد کشته شدگان ایران یا they act like cut their hair میدونی yeah. خب این این صدای ما خواهد بود و به نظرم هیچ چیز عجیبی نخواستیم ازشون ام... کما اینکه اگر در نقطه دیگری از جهانی اتفاق میافتاد حتما میشد از بازیکنان تیم ایران هم توقع داشت mm. که اون رو در نظر بگیرن این درباره سوال قبلی what was the question Uh-huh. What, 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 what we should be doing? I mean, we know demonstrations, petitions. Really, what, what is your thought? I mean, if 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 somebody were to say to you, "Son John, I'm in North York here in Toronto. How can I help? What do you say to them?" Um, I think the diaspora um, did their best, mm. but even it can be better, uh, and it's going better. من فکر می‌کنم راهی که شروع شده راه درستیه. اینکه هر هفته تظاهرات کنن. اینکه فریاد بزنن اینکه توجه بقیه چون آمریکا و کانادا کشورهایی هستن که پر از ملت‌های مختلفن فقط آمریکایی و کانادایی توش نیست کمترین نشنالیتی آمریکایی و کانادایی بنابراین این توجه ها رو جلب میکنه و این اتفاق خیلی خوبیه به نظرم بهترین کاری که میتونن انجام بدن اینه که ادامش بدن و من فکر میکنم تا الان خیلی خوب پیش رفته همه چیز در خارج از ایران یعنی همه هر کاری که واقعا تونستن کردن واقعا من چیزی به ذهنم نمیرسه فقط ادامه دادنش مهمه Tell me about um, puzzle or the puzzle mm. uh, the puzzle show um, this is something you've been touring you've been playing in a few places mm. um, it's a play uh, tell us a bit about it and the, the, the decision to do this now Uh, last year it was it was it was a year and two months ago or three months ago. Uh, we are starting to uh, write it and practice. Masanem is something that happened in Iran. We started it. But the atmosphere of the show is completely matched with the atmosphere of Iran these days. Mm. And because of that, we didn't cancel it. خودمون خیلی دلم میخواست رو بخوای کنسل کنیم چون اصلا 
روی صحنه رفتن یک آره سخته تو این شرایط ولی دیدیم که خب هر شهری میریم شعار میدیم با مردم همخانی میکنیم یه فضای برای جمع شدن دوره هم خب تئاتر اصولا در هیچ جای دنیا یک یک فعالیت هنری پول دراری نیست ولی ما ادامش دادیم با اینکه به خاطر اینکه نمیخوایم تبلیغ زیاد بکنیم میزان مخاطبمون به هر حال مثل قبل نیست که همه شهر را سولداد میشون چون تو خودت نمیدونستی تو که تو تورنتو هستی نمیدونی چون تبلیغاتمون خیلی محدوده اون اونم سخته الان خیلی خیلی برای همین سمریز کاملا اون چیزیه که during this 50 years بر ما گذشته برای همین مردم خیلی دوستش دارن کسایی که میان میبینن خیلی تو همین دو, دو سه روزه به من گفتن ما نمیخواستیم بیایم مثلا به اصرار دوستمون اومدیم و خوشحالیم که اومدیم و ما ادامش میدیم ما میتونم بپرسم شما این فکر که الان کردی about your own play I mean do you think do you think concerts should be canceled right now do you think plays shouldn't be how how do how how should performers decide about whether they go ahead with the with the mm-hmm. concert or not or go ahead with the performance or go ahead with the um the film or you know ma fa come to iran they have to cancel all the concerts mm-hmm. and theaters vali dar kharij az iran in yek bahane bar inke mardom dor ham jam shan من خب موافق تئاتر کمدی نیستم موافق کنسرت بزن و بکوب و برقص و اینا نیستم <تصفيق> ولی فکر میکنم که our legends like گوگوش like داریوش like ابی um, can play a big role these days <تصفيق> و نمیشه توقع داشت که فقط هنرمندا کارشون رو تعطیل بکنن اما right. بقیه نکنن right. هنرمندا نباید در خارج از ایران کارشون رو تعطیل کنن بلکه باید ازش استفاده بکنن برای اینکه فریاد بزنن mm. صدای مردم ایران باشن و این همبستگی رو نشون بدن من اصلا موافق کنسل کردن کنسرت ها و تاعترها من اصلا شخصا اصلا نیستم و بمکنم زر بزنم In general doesn't matter what the content is Of course it's, it's I mean obviously we know if Shahi Najafi goes ahead with a concert it's different from Sasi Wan Khan so, so how, do you, how do you but do you think that they should both be playing or No Okay ببین اتفاقی که برای ساسی در استرالیا افته خب ساسی قبلش بارها کنسرتاشو تعطیل کرد و اما اونجا نتونست تعطیل کنه من البته معتقدم که حتما باید تعطیل میکرد ولی ظاهرا مشکل حقوقی داشتنه ولی بعد قبلش توضیح میداد اینا رو یعنی به مردم میگفت من فکر میکنم کارهای جدی کارهایی که چون خب ساسی یا مثلا آقای شهرام شبپره اینها خب اصلا اساسا یا بلک اینا روی شادی و رقص و اینهاست خودشون هم تمایلی خیلی ندارن به اینکه روی صحنه برن و این بده ها ولی it's our culture ما فکر میکنیم که وقتی که همه مثلا قصد دارن و اینا موسیقی باید حذف شه این خوب نیست ولی به حال هست دیگه that's what it is ولی چیزی که من میگم اینه که جاهایی که although, although it has been pointed out forgive me for kind yeah. it has been pointed out yes. some of us remember that after 9-11 mm-hmm. there weren't any concerts even late night talk shows stopped because there was no appetite to tell yeah. jokes it didn't last for two months but you know it, there is a precedent for this in non-Iranian culture yeah, exactly. too yeah. yeah yeah I agree with you 
من فکر میکنم که نه نباید کنسرت ها کنسل بشه و تاعت را کنسل بشه البته تاعت که یه مقدار کانتنت جدی دارن م. کنسرت هایی که خود جدی تر هستن ولی بقیهشون خب چرا بهتره که کنسل بشه Did you have an thought on this? Well, I do. I believe you're grieving, yeah? I mean, just the whole country, the whole people are. They have lost many, like more than 300 uh, loved ones. At least. At least. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so if there is a performance that match the the ambient, I mean, the uh the energy like of grieving okay so go ahead so this is this that could be the checklist okay so do you feel comfortable playing this song in a right like you know right. in a funeral if if does if you do okay <laughs> go ahead if not so you already know what to do hmm. right <laughs> let me ask you guys a final question i'm so grateful to have you both here okay. and you'll forgive me if this is a, a cheesy kind of question it's not uh you know but i but it's But it's curious to me because we have so many, um, so many of us have dreamed for so long. I, my dream is to, you know, go to Iran. I, 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 there's family I haven't seen for my ent- entire life because, right. you know, I can't go there uh, for all kinds of reasons. Um, what, what, if, if, if there is going to be an Azad Iran, if, if it happens and it happens soon, free Iran, um, what's the first thing that you would want to do, Iman? So I have my dreams about free Iran. Nothing personal. I mean, there's nothing that I want to do that I've been always, you know, regretting not to do. You know, that's the thing. But it's been a really tough time for me seeing all those people in, you know, rural rural areas. Not not just in southern Iran or like other small cities or. Even around big big cities like Tehran, when you leave the hospital, like let's say Firuzgar, all the areas around the hospital, you see all this advertising on the wall for, you know, people can the people are selling their kidneys and stuff. You know, the the, hmm. the poverty is so so devastating and um, heartbreaking. You know, I I hope that one day in after all these things settle and you know let's say free iran every child every everyone who was born in that country is respected is there's no minority anymore hmm. that's that's what i that that's my dream it wasn't an exact answer to what's the first thing you would do but it's a, it was a, it was such a beautiful answer <laughs> that it uh i feel embarrassed for asking it do would you move back to iran not sure hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely go back and come, you know, back and forth. I, I love traveling. I, I you realize that you've probably um, imperiled your chances of going back and forth for oh, now. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously. But, uh, you know, there was a certain point I had to choose. I had, as Hassan said, like I had to choose. Uh, my mom actually helped me a lot at that mm. moment. Uh, What did she say? I was tra- talking. I, I started talking about it like, from the first day, but sometimes I hold myself back. Oh my God, what about that? What about this? And one day my mom, like a couple of days after all this thing started, uh, my mom watched one of my one of my videos and she said, uh, I, I don't know how to say it in English, she said, Modar shiram halalit. Yeah, so that was the moment that I say, okay, I got the blessing. I'm What about your dad? He is, he's a conservative, 
you know, like old school dad, but he's 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 proud of what I'm doing because, um, you know, this is the right thing to do. Sanjan, do you have a dream for what you would do at a, for the first thing you would do in a free Iran? The first thing, I will come back to Iran and take a deep breath. Mm. That's the first thing, and then I, 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 I will do whatever I can to keep the freedom. You know, after the uh, Islamic Revolution, uh, we couldn't keep. I mean, we. I mean, our parents yeah. couldn't keep the freedom, but I think our generation have to have to do anything they can to keep the freedom. It's the most important thing, most important than than the revolution is keep watching out the freedom. It's a big challenge. Yeah. Really it's a big, big challenge. challenge. Yes, I'm so grateful. Really much, I can. Thank you so much for for coming here today. It's Thank really nice to see you. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Doctor Iman. It's such a pleasure to see you again. Thank, <coughs> Thank you, you for doing this and and for being here and for the work you're continuing to do. Thank you. It was great to be back. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thank you. This is a special edition of Rook, episode 215, The Uprising. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Uh, and another special guest who's walked into our Rook studio, uh, Persian drag show founder and producer Javid Jabari. He is an LGBTQ rights activist who's made it his mission to spread awareness and fight homophobia in the Iranian community for years. Javid has been outspoken about the ongoing protests in Iran. Of course, we've seen each other at demonstrations here in Toronto. It's nice to have him back in the studio right now. Javid Jabari joins me in the Rook studio. Hello. Hi. Nice, nice to have you back. Uh, thank you. Yeah. You know, I, I see you, uh, you're so prominent. You're tall and you've got the, usually a, a big sign with you. I see you at the demonstrations. It's it's hard to miss you. Do you, do you tell, tell me, first of all, how the last nine weeks have been for you? How, how have you been processing uh, a revolution that is affecting Iran and the world? Uh, just like all the other uh, Iranian people outside of the country, I I think we all have the same feelings these days. We wake up by looking at our, our phones and seeing the news and we start our day with that. And that affects a lot or you know, daily life. Mm. And at the beginning, I was like, oh, okay. Another thing going on in Iran, right. just like the other stuff. But another sad, horrific exactly, event. Yeah, yeah but yeah. this one has been, you know, as we can all see, it's mm. it has been a huge thing. And hopefully it goes somewhere that we all are waiting for. There's been some people who've been talking about the guilt they feel when they're in exile, when they're outside of Iran, that they're not somehow on the front lines there with the sisters and brothers, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, protesting in Tehran or in Mashhad or whatever. Uh, do you feel that? Do you, on of some course. level, wish you were there? Of course, I've, of course. And like, uh, lots of ideas come to my mind to do these days, and I wanted, I want to tell people, but I don't feel like I have the rights to do that because I'm not there. Mm. And it's not nice to tell people that what they should do. Mm. 
especially that uh, when you're not in in the same situation. Yeah. Yeah, the implications are different from from Toronto to Dastur Bedike, the, 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 the protesters in Iran. Are you in touch with activists in Iran? Of course. Yes. Yeah, lots of them. Lots of them. How is their mood these days? Uh, just like the the news that we hear, it's 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 so up and down. Yeah. And uh, some days they say like, "This is it. It's done." We got it, but the next day they're like, "No, we we still have yeah things to do." Yeah, it really is up and down. It was interesting just a few moments moments ago having a son, Kadami and and Dr. Imon here and talking about should should people be canceling concerts? Should they be going ahead with events? How how do we judge these types of things? You made a decision very early on. I remember in that first week after the killing of Massa, uh, there was going to be a Persian drag show, mm-hmm. and I. I and you you came out and said I, I'm canceling this. I can't go ahead with this. We're not going to go ahead with this. It was very clear to you right away mm-hmm. that this is not the time to be, I don't know, having uh, enjoy entertaining happy events. Is that the idea? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And it wasn't Persian drag shows event. It was the Middle Eastern night event oh. that uh, they they have this tour that they go like all over the Canada, and it was for me personally it was a dream come true. But at the same time, I was like, okay, but like, what should I do? The, the audience are not Persian, and uh, most of the events are in a club. Mm. And if it was in somewhere else, like, at, uh, I don't know, banquet hall or something, I, I had lots of ideas uh, for uh, new performance, uh, but it, it was just not suita- suitable for a club. Mm. and. Also, on the other hand, how come you can go to a club and dance and, right. you know, do all this uh, joyful right. stuff and you know that you, most of your friends are in the front lines in Iran yeah. and they're risking their lives. It's not, it wasn't easy for me to Have do Have you that. encountered people, I mean, I'm, we've been talking about this in the Rook team, that, that one person that you were friends with on, on Instagram or something like that who is still posting pictures going to the clubs and things like that and, and you... You kind of think, uh, or you know, having a great time of life, and you kind of have you encountered that? <laughs> it's hard to see these days. No, yeah, no. I no. mean, uh, I mean, yes. What happens? A couple when you of see, them. Yeah, couple it, of them. And do you unfollow? No, no, no. You just don't agree. You know, it's not. It's not a time that we should tell people what should what they should do. Mm. The base reason that people are in on the street these days, from my perspective, it's because. Uh, They've been they've been told that what they should do and what they should not to do. Right. So, so let's let's not turn that into another uh, episode of telling people what to do and not to do outside of Iran. Uh, you you're obviously very involved in this. You you cut your hair at one point on camera in solidarity with um, with Iranian women and with Iranians who are doing that. You hold the sign, Javi, at these protests. I've seen you at that says Iran for everyone. Um, it would seem self-evident, you know, in and of itself, it's not a huge statement to make. What does it really mean? Uh, first of all, I want to say that, like, cutting my hair was the smallest thing I could mm. do. Like, at the beginning of this uh, protest, I was like, "How okay, 
there should be a, a way that I show my my own solidarity with mm. uh, with, with a woman in Iran, and this is the least thing I can do. So why not? Mm. And also, it's a, it's a great it's a amazing symbolic thing to do. I think because it started with a woman in a graveyard on uh, to cut her uh, own mm. hair. And we see that like lots of uh, women around the vo- world, they they did that. Yes. So it's it's very important. All these little steps that we take, it all counts, mm. in my opinion. And about the sign that I hold, it's uh, I started uh, holding that sign in the Pride in Ottawa last year, mm. this year, and. Uh, when you talk to Persian people and especially the Iranian people, they they because they haven't seen us and uh, us they being do, like uh, the LGBT community, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they think they they look at us as, as outsiders. Hmm. They don't know that like we are the people. We are the part of this country as well. And uh, I started with a message that it says LG, Iranian LGBT community exists. And then I was like, okay, it's just not enough. Mm. Yeah, of course we exist. <laughs> like, uh, it's stupid if someone thinks that, yeah, like, uh, yeah. uh, Iranian people, with, uh, uh, like what Ahmadinejad said. <laughs> and uh, it's like, uh, there should be another uh, message that I can uh, show people. Mm. And uh, it came to my mind, oh, Iran for everyone is such a nice message. Why not? You know, in the Toronto demonstrations, um, I think, I, I feel pride that um, I usually see some rainbow flags. I usually see the LGBTQ community is, is prominent, mm-hmm. is visible in the Toronto demonstrations. Um, not sure about the rest of the world, but do, do you feel, are you satisfied with how LGBTQ rights have been addressed in this revolutionary moment. In other words, one wants to think that this movement is about free Iran for everyone, free of discrimination mm-hmm. of any kind. Um, are you? Do you feel like that's what's happening in the movement? Uh, thank you so much for mentioning this because this was another reason that I that I hold that sign because uh, in the uh, first few uh, weeks of the protest in Toronto. Um, it has been some uh, sort of uh, I don't know I don't know, homophobic mm. uh, movements that they uh, people try to like uh, take the rainbow flag down and they were like oh it's not the right time to talk about LGBT rights and mm. all this stuff and that's why I was like yeah, okay Iran for everyone <laughs> Th- that's the sign that what I. What do you mean they try hold. and take the rainbow flag down? They, they um, actually they, physically take uh, yes, really yes yeah. And uh, we have a video that one of our uh, fellows from the community uh, she was holding the uh, the f- uh, flag and police came and uh, uh, the police officer was like, oh, it's better if you take the, the flag down. There are more than two thousand people here, and we are we are just two police officers here. We cannot. Um, protect you. Protect you, and uh, all these things happened. But uh, 
something I'm really, really proud of uh, the LGBTQ, Iranian LGBTQ members mm-hmm. in Toronto is they didn't give up. Mm. They were like, no, uh, we are all chanting for freedom, just like at all other Persian people mm. here. So when somebody says, what, when you said, uh, um, this is not the time to be demonstrating for LGBTQ rights, uh, what, what is your response to them? When is the right time? <laughs> Tell me. Like It's been uh, since the day when I started uh, being active in this uh, uh, city about the LGBTQ rights, the very first response I get from people is like, it's not the right time. I'm like, when is the right time? What do you think they mean by that? I have, I don't know, because they are scared. Mm. They are scared because they don't want uh, the regime use this as something against the uh, protesters. I see, and how would they do that? These are a bunch of freaks or something? uh, uh, What they have been said uh, is uh, they're trying to bring I don't know what uh, how, uh, what it's called in English, but Same they're like version. in the uh, Western foreign ideas. Yeah. There you go. Uh, um, but it's uh, amazing so, somebody would say that to you in in Toronto or in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a difficult one with the Persian community, isn't it? Because you know you've been on you you've been here before, um, talking about the the tensions within the you know it does feel like. I dare say the Persian community, the global Persian community, is a step behind mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the world in terms of progressive thinking around uh, actual equality. Um, and here we are in the middle of a movement that is about freedom and equality. And you would think that um, you would think that, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's. Uh, t- tell me about the conversations you have amongst your. LGBTQ sisters and brothers in in, in the community here, here in Toronto say about how to deal with this? We all agree that uh, this is a movement uh, that everybody is uh, asking for freedom. And we, the same thing that we are doing for, for such a long time. Yeah. And uh, it's so funny that uh, L- Iranian LGBT community started this uh, revolutionary uh, movement mm-hmm. many, many years ago, uh, but people didn't uh, know about it. And they, they, all they think is that we're taking something from them. We're not taking anything from hmm. it, anybody. We hmm. just want our own rights, which is the, you know, the, the, the most basic rights, uh, human rights. Nothing more, nothing less. It's still on some level a taboo conversation, isn't it, for some Iranians? Of course, of course. Um, it's so funny. Uh, lots of them are open. They're like, oh, great, amazing. This is so nice. Mm. We, have, we, uh, we have some like uh, LGBT members in our family. And the other ones are like, mm, no, you shouldn't be here. Why you're here? Mm. Uh, and uh, there was a very interesting conversation between me and one of the other, uh, protesters that uh, there was a huge uh, uh, flag of Iran and we were standing right beside it with the rainbow flag and he was like, oh, take that uh, uh, rainbow flag from our beloved uh, the, our country's flag. It's such a shame uh, 
to have a rainbow flag right beside our own flag. And uh, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's weird, you know, because on the one hand, I'm, I'm sensitive to the idea that I don't want this inclusive, important revolution to be sort of to use a, a you know, I'm sure there's a better word for it, but to be hijacked by any one group, you know, I don't want somebody to claim this is about this or that, you know, uh, um, this is a communist revolution or this is a, um, you know, a monarchist revolution or this is a, this is a that. And yet that's part of what's been so great about this movement is you see all those people walking alongside each other. I'm not sure if somebody says, take that uh, sign of uh, Reza Pahlavi down because this is not part of you know this is not the time or take the communist no one, flag this I, is not the time but they say that when it comes to the rainbow it's flag it's all about the shame they're not ashamed of uh, you know Reza Pahlavi but they're ashamed of us mm. I think that's the reason that must be difficult for you of course it's frustrating like after all this years that I'm sure that the person I had the conversation with, he lives in uh, Toronto. God knows for how, how long. Yeah, and it's, he's at a protest supporting freedom in Iran. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm just like, oh, where have you been all these years that you were living in Toronto? Mm. Like, which part of Toronto you live? Like, <laughs> it's it's hard to ignore yeah. the rainbow flag all over the city. You know what I mean? But on the other hand, I've. Uh, when I don't take it personal and I look at it from the another perspective, I'm like, okay, this poor guy, he doesn't know what does yeah. that even mean. There's an education yeah. that has to take place. And, yeah. it, it's and unfortunately, it's on you to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, um, That's not a new position for you, though. No, no, no. Uh, I think that this vazife is on... Uh, on the shoulder of the uh, Rasane Haye Irani, mm. especially the one that who are working outside of the country. Mm. It's been three years that I'm uh, tell, killing myself to, to let the people know that, that we must have a program for LGBT co uh, community in our, um, in all, at least in one channels of the mm. of all these channels who are working outside of the country, yeah. but they're just like no. Is there is there Javi in terms of what's happening inside Iran, um, both uh, the inspirational demonstrations and the, the the devastating news of another person being killed or somebody being um, detained, etc. As tell me about that in terms of the LGBTQ community. Have there been particular folks that you guys have? Or, or events that have mm -hmm. meant something to you? Uh, another reason that I'm like, I'm not that angry about, uh, to that, that guy is because uh, he doesn't know that LGBT community is in the front line as well. Mm. Because they think that the way that we have been introduced kind of sort of to people, it's uh, they we should be weird, we should be like the obvious that's mm. if someone is LGBT mm. is from the commu LGBT community or not mm -hmm. but uh, they don't know that first of all you shouldn't judge people in the way that they look mm -hmm. second of course there are lots of uh, LGBTQ folks who are in the front lines as mm -hmm. well but they don't see that 
and, and inside Iran and inside Iran it's you know it's 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 a crime if you're a part of the community mm -hmm. so uh, people still cover that part of their life and mm -hmm. especially when they go out and when they go to the protest because uh, it's a it's something extra on all the other stuff that yeah. if they have if they harass them they it's yeah it's not easy do you um is there some in terms of speaking out um you know we were just in in istanbul and i know you mm -hmm. spent a bunch of time in in turkey is where your ex exile began and then you end up coming here and people are for various reasons which you would be familiar with are are have more trepidation about speaking out in Turkey. It's harder to go out on the street and say death to the dictator, uh, even in a big city like Istanbul than mm -hmm. it is in Toronto or in LA or something. Um, nevertheless, do you do you worry about that here, being as outspoken as you are? A little bit, sometimes. Because, you know, they're everywhere, right? <laughs> so, like, uh, Islamic Republic is not only a regime anymore. It's a mindset. Hmm. And it's not possible to live in a, uh, in the, in Iran under the the Islamic uh, Republic's um, laws and not be taken a, a little bit of of it. Uh, from uh, from that, mm. you know, we all have a little bit of uh, that. Uh, it's hard to quit that. Exactly. Mm. So, of course, uh, as I said, it's not only a regime in Iran. Mm. It's it has been a, uh, become a mindset, mm. and you know that mindset is everywhere now. I don't know if this is a. If you can tell me if this is a, a, a difficult one for you to talk about. But last time you were here, you were talking about your own um, sort of uh, interesting relationship with with religion, mm -hmm. um, with Islam. Um, <laughs> why are you biting your lip? I've, oh, because right now that this is a debate that's going on too, where there are people who say. Don't make this just about Islam because you know the Islamic Republic is not necessarily Islam. On the other hand, there are Iranians who say, uh, um, and some of them, you know, working with us too, that they 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 feel an Islamo trauma, which mm -hmm. is that they they whatever the frig Islam is, we've been traumatized by it for forty years. So don't tell us we can't oppose it. You know, don't tell us we have to be understanding of this mm -hmm. religion. What do you say to to that? Those these conversations. <laughs> You know, I always been uh, saying that, yes, I'm a Muslim person with pride, but not anymore. Not anymore. I feel like by by all the stuff they they have been uh, doing under name of Islam in Iran, it's uh, it's kind of like it's. I don't want to use the word shame, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not that proud anymore of mm. being a Muslim. Are you still a Muslim? Do you I am. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, as I said before, Persian Muslim. Uh -huh. 
version was yes, I drink, I, I, I'm gay for God's sake. <laughs> but I still believe in Why it do so you not bad. let it go entirely, just out of curiosity? Because I took the, the, the good parts. Hmm. You know, I, uh, the stuff that I believe is. Can't you take the good parts without being a Muslim and say, I'm just going to adopt these parts and I don't have to be anything in, in name? I, this is the way I'm going to live my life. I'm, that's I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I, I don't that's know. That's a way too. But you know, it's uh, it's as I said in in my last interview with you, it's it's so easy to learn something, but it's not easy to unlearn mm. unlearn that. I spent twenty six years of my life in Iran. Yeah, and my my family, again, they were not like Hezbollahi, but they're like they're Muslim. What are they saying these days? about this revolution they're so uh, my mom's she's still living in Iran mm -hmm. and she's uh, she's like oh this is this time is going somewhere okay yeah she's on side yes yeah of course she has but always okay always mm -hmm. the, uh, her religion is not something that keeps her to the uh, close to the government mm -hmm. never Okay. Uh, I, I remember the very first uh, stuff that uh, we were talking about Islam when I was a kid. She was like, don't mix up Islam with Islamic Republic. Mm. These are two different things. Mm. And uh, what they are doing is not the pure Islam. Do you, do you contemplate a, a free Iran? Do you think about it? Do you dream about it? Of course. What every do you, every how, single how, day. What does it every look single like? day. Um, a free country like like what we see here in Canada. Mm. And why not? Well, what's the difference? I remember uh, when I first moved here, this was one of the questions I asked myself that what's the difference? Like, same sky. That's mm -hmm. same. We are, we are still in, on Earth. Mm -hmm. Why this part of the Earth that we have all this freedom and, and the other side of this planet? We have different uh, rules. But in terms of the learning and unlearning, mm -hmm. there are people who say democracy can never really happen in Iran. They, 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 we don't know how to do it. We haven't had that experience. Iranian people are such open-minded people. And uh, democracy comes from being uh, open-minded. And what I see in the, in the community, in Iranian community, is that they always... Uh, are chanting for freedom mm. and I don't think they, uh, that's that's not possible for having a democracy in Iran for the people who are very open-minded and they, they're chanting for freedom mm. uh, a final question and there's so much like people in Iran who are living in Iran mm. I'm listen I'm not talking about the government about the people, yes, of course, people are so modern and yes. uh, you know the in, way they in some they, ways they a lot more progressive than the West. Exactly, and in, in terms of what we're learning and the way people are approaching this revolution, mm -hmm. uh, I, I one of the difficulties for me is watching people in the diaspora try and put it in a box where young people in Iran are saying, "No, no, no." Let us, you know, we, we, we want actual freedom and inequality, not even what you have with mm -hmm. these with the box around it in the West or whatever. We want something bigger than that. We're going to dream of something better than that. It's amazing to watch. Mm -hmm. Of course. And also scary if it doesn't happen, you know. But uh, um, will, will, you, will you 
return? I mean, if 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 Iran is Azad, you know, next week, are, I'm are you active, on the first? I'm an activist, uh-huh. right? So the the very first day that that it has, if the 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 law that we have in Iran changes and they give me that uh, safe space, uh-huh. I'll be the first one to take the flight to go back to Iran because I coming here and living in Canada, it wasn't my choice. Mm. I was forced to leave because I was not able to to have a normal life in Iran. And of course I'll, I'll be back. I, I mean, like people always say, like, oh, it's gonna take such a long time for everything to be uh, normal yeah, and yeah. Uh, to you be don't think safe. So? Um, it will, but how that gonna happen? with all of us sitting outside of the country and right. waiting for waiting everything to, to be <laughs> right. nice and be like the the best to go and live, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair. Especially for us, like for for the uh, Iranian people who've been outside of the country mm-hmm. and living in, uh, in democratic countries, mm-hmm. they have learned a lot. So it's the time to take that to our own, our own country and uh, help the people inside of the Iran and with the help all together make a better Iran for everyone. Well, at the beginning of the conversation you said just like everybody else I'm up and down in terms of what I'm seeing uh, coming out of Iran and, and uh, obsessing about it every day. Let me uh, end off by asking you about the up and, and, and the down or maybe the down first. Um, a lot of us have been crying at different times in the last uh, nine weeks. Um, have, have you cried? Of course. Can, can you remember <laughs> something that you cried about? There was this video that they were beating a woman on the street, and people were all just watching and doing nothing. That breaks my heart. Like, how come you can see someone is under that much of pain and just be, just look at it and do nothing? How? But in the other hand, I'm like, okay, like it's it's not your job to tell people what they should do, hmm. especially when you're outside of the country. And I remember in Iran, I all <laughs> one of the, the problems that my family had with me was uh, this: that if you go outside, if you see someone is bidding uh, his wife, you don't have the rights to go and uh, protect hmm. the wife. And I was like. Why? That's, right. That's not your thing. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, or uh, I have another memory that uh, there was a car accident on the street, and uh, the girl was uh, bitten by a car. Is that a, is that even a injured, word? Yeah. Injured. Injured. Yeah. yeah. And I. I I hold her and I put it her in a uh, in a car to bring her to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And people were hitting me that like, why you touch a stranger woman? It's like, I just don't understand what you're talking about. Someone is dying. I don't care if it's woman or man or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Someone is dying and it, it needs help, you know. And then it, uh, you start thinking like, just see how this sneaky they did all this stuff to our minds that 
we don't help someone just right, because right. it's not it's a although i feel like the the opposite is happening when it comes to this revolution that that pre, you know we keep hearing stories of people helping each other in, yes, in yeah. the streets in the demonstrations these are the up moments for yeah. me when yeah. i see like okay let's find out with what what have you been inspired by in oh particular? my god like seeing the this young generations that they, they don't care that about all these boxes that have uh, been pushed to us they 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 all uh, ignore these boxes mm -hmm. and they hold each other hands and like they they hug each other on the street it's beautiful it's beautiful these are the odd moments for me it's nice to see you nice to see you. thank you for the for speaking out and your honesty as ever thank you i hope we have this interviews on someday in Iran I know I, I I so it's amazing the amount of interviews that are ending this way saying hopefully we'll do this in a cafe in Tehran it's it's, it's it's a wish right yeah and it will come true thank you thank you that is full time for Rook for today. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Savvy Roham, talented Annie Hita, Super Parisa, Smart Pega, Ahimertar, and Gubi Shaya. Thank you to all of our guests today. And thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe on any of our platforms if you haven't done so already. You can find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. You can support us at rookmedia.com, rookmedia.com. In the meantime... Mizun Bashi.